Hello and welcome to a special gaming episode of News of the Nerd, the podcast where this week we're talking about video games, video games, video games, video games and anything else remotely video gamey. I am Jason and I'm here with my brother slash co-host Ben. Say hello Ben. Hello, are we ready to talk about some video games? Yes, and this week I am also here with my cousin slash special guest it's Cousin Phil. Say hi, Cousin Phil. Hello. Thanks for having me. Hi, Cousin Phil. Hello, Cousin Ben. You're the first guest we've ever had, so, uh, you know, I hope you feel honoured. Not through like a train, though. We did try and get Henry Cavill, but, you know. You scraped the bottom of the barrel and you got me. Thank you very much. <laughs> honoured to be here. Yeah, the and gunk I'm... at the bottom of the barrel. <laughs> it's not the first time I've been referred to as gunk. Thank you. <laughs> no, I'm looking forward to who Ben thinks is a scroll this week. Because apparently it's everybody, after listening to previous podcasts. Most people, yeah. Kermit the Frog, scroll. Well, he's already green, so... Would it be worth a scroll turning into him? So it'd already be pretty weird. Yeah, but then he's got he's got control of the kids already. The kids trust Kermit. The, the kids trust the scrolls. It's okay, easy way in. on that note, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what you're accusing Kermit of. <laughs> so we're still... Going to have a new section like normal, but we're going to focus on video game news. So one thing I've seen this week, a game I was looking forward to and was even considering like a day one purchase, depending on reviews, was Kill the Justice League, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. Um, And then a screenshot of like the lobby character selection area leaked. And you can see in the menus across the top, one tab that says store and one tab that says battle pass and that's put me right off. Yeah, definitely. Don't like games like that. I think the only game that I really tend to play that is that is Warzone and I complete the battle pass every time so I don't actually have to pay for the next one. It just feels like why does every game have to go that way? Why why can't we just have like really really good story-based single-player game. Oh, we do have some really good single-player story-based games, but there's some games that just feel like they are lending themselves to that, that try and force a multiplayer in and try and force a battle pass in and try and force loot boxes in. and Just for the money. That's one of the biggest ways that these companies make money. You look at FIFA. FIFA has oh, yeah. thousands upon thousands upon thousands of pounds daily. They have lightning rounds. They have... People will spend hundreds of thousands of pounds. These YouTubers I know that oh that I I watch, where they do um, a series where they will literally open loot boxes and they spend you know two hundred and fifty three hundred thousand pounds, but they see it as an investment because they can afford to do that. Whereas they're then, in my opinion, it's causing knock on effect to people who can't afford that it's will then go and try win. and put money in. It is play to win. Pay to win, you mean? Yeah, pay to win. Sorry, not play to yeah, win. Yeah, sorry. Play to win's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we like pay to win. We're against Fortnite as well. That is a game that is advertised for kids, but yeah, it is massively. It's got loot boxes and and stuff like that. So it is. I feel like that one's less pay to, pay to pay win as well. because you don't actually get anything from the skins and things. But it's pay for cosmetics, but. Because it's aimed at kids, and it's a free game as well. So it's like it's a free game. There's nothing. There's no block there to them downloading it in the first place. But then once they're on, they want all the latest skins. They want the battle pass. They want like Marvel Snap. I've been playing on my phone. I've been playing it a lot. I started and playing that. I a game that I'm playing that much. Normally, I would consider 
investing some money for a battle pass or whatever. Eight ninety nine for the battle pass, Lusty. and that's that's monthly. If that were like that's the sort of thing I might consider paying a one off cost for a mobile game. Yeah, not monthly. Eight nine it, that is a, a bit steep. I think like with the Warzone one, I think it's like twelve pound, but that's for about three months. Depends yeah. how long that season is, but I do have some uh, some Warzone news actually. We could segue into that. Go on. Um, and I think you're the only one of the three of us that this will particularly affect. I can't do Call of Duty anymore. I'm too old. My eyes, my, my hand-eye coordination isn't quick enough anymore. And especially a keyboard and mouse have advantage, don't they, over controller? So I don't know. I think it is quite ev- even because controller, like I know, I used to always play controller when I had PlayStation, and I used to be great at COD on a on a controller. Um, the other week, I took my PC around to friends. There's nowhere for a keyboard and mouse, so I used the controller. Jesus Christ, I can't play. It's <laughs> so hard. Um, even with like aim assist and that, it's so hard. So people that are good with controllers, it's like, should you have aim assist, or is that a mod that you shouldn't really be using? No, you do. Uh, controllers have aim assist because of the fact that a mouse can literally, if you if you're on a computer all the time, you can literally look at somewhere and put your mouse to that point, like you know where your mouse is going to go. Uh, Whereas yeah. with a controller, the fun- joysticks it takes a little bit more skill to get it so precise. A- aim assist is basically how quick scoping works. Like if-, if you're aiming roughly in the right direction of someone and click L two to look down your sights, it's going to like just nudge to the side to so that you are focused on them. Yeah. You have to, you have to be in the air in looking in the area, but it well, just yeah. it bridges the gap between keyboard and mouse and controller. Well, like I say, I'm just I'm hand-eye coordination for me. I'm not quick enough anymore. I just can't. It, it hurts my eyes after a while because, like, the scenery, there's so much going on. It's just, it blows my mind. And as well, I find that the the learning curve is quite steep because there are people in every game that will just absolutely demolish. Like, they, they play so much, they know the maps like the back of their hand. And if, you, if you're going to start playing a game like COD, you've got to be prepared to get your ass kicked for a while before you get any good, and that's just not fun for me, so I never <laughs> stick at it long enough to get good anymore. Anyway, the news that I was referring to is that Season 2 of Warzone 2 and Modern Warfare 2 are being delayed. Do you have any thoughts on that, Ben? When was this? It, it was meant to be February. Yeah, it's being delayed to February the 15th instead of the 1st, so it's only yeah. two weeks. Uh, but yeah, it's been delayed. It says the teams are making several changes based on what we've heard from our player community. Season 2 will introduce all new content, the return of Resurgence mode, a brand new small map for Warzone 2, which is something you were talking about wanting the other day, Ben. Yeah, one thing, and I think Activision and Ravensoft actually listen to the players. And the last season of warzone one was not great we had caldera which was just shrubbery after shrubbery after shrubbery and it it was horrible to play but we had resurgence and that's all people played really i don't know if you've ever seen it the map but it is based on alcatraz island and it is like it is spot on like you look at a map of alcatraz island and look at the warzone map they are point for point do you know what i mean um and it was a great map so i think fans have been asking for resurgence back and i definitely want it back 
Uh, I mean, I've not, I didn't play in a month because I was playing some other games. Come back in the last couple of days, like I started off getting one or two kills a game just because I took a month off and now we're crap again because of that learning curve. And it ended up I'd, like I'm now getting back up into like eight, nine kills a game. But the resurgence map was always my favorite. So I'm very excited for that. And if it, wait in two weeks, if, I'm, if it's going to be better and they're going to fix bugs, it's nothing. Do you know what I mean? There'll be people that complain about that. I find it really funny that what Ben says that you take a month off and your skill gap kind of massively drops. I always found that as well when you're playing online multiplayer games. It takes you three or four weeks, or it took like with certain games to build up that gap where I am good at the game and I am great. Take take a weekend off and it's like, oh my god, how do I play this? But you like it takes you ages to get to get good at it. But you take a day or two off and you like you you drop straight back down. Yeah, yeah I know I'm going to sound like some like a grumpy old man now, but you, when you're a teenager, you can afford to put that time into a game. And I used to, with yeah. the first Modern Warfare, I played that loads and I was really good at it. But these days, you know, sometimes I'd jump on computer for an hour, sometimes less. I'm not going to spend that hour getting me asked. It's why I don't play GTA Online anymore, because, oh, I've oh, got an hour free, I'll load into GTA Online. Well, it takes 15 minutes to get into a game to start with. Uh, and then some little prick will just blow you up <laughs> at the first opportunity. You get in your car and someone's planted a C4 on it. Especially if you're wanting to join, like, if, if me and you were going to play GTA Online, because it'd be 15 minutes to load GTA yeah. up, another 15 minutes to get into the same lobby, another 15 minutes to start a job, yeah, and then you're five minutes into a job and then we have to go off. Anyway. I have heard that the loading times are better since... Uh, since I last played, like they've made improvements to that, but yeah, I, I don't think I'm gonna get back into that. I've never finished the single player GTA Five. I really want to do that wow. at some point because really it, it is a great, a great single player game. And uh, then, but as soon as multiplayer came out, they're like, oh, I'll try that, and then just kind of never went back to single player again. Single player is great. I've played it a couple of times, just trying to get like the most money out of the heists and things like that. I, I, I've never completed the single player. I don't even think I've got halfway through the main like campaign I've, I've got quite stories. far, I think. But yeah, the next bit of news, which is something I saw during the week, so I don't have it in front of me, but I saw a rumour that PlayStation is getting Discord support, yes. which I think is really cool. What's not so cool is that it may be locked behind the PlayStation Plus Premium tier. But... Like I said, that's just for rumour. Nothing official has been announced yet. I would hope that they, you know, I can understand them locking it behind PlayStation Plus, but do it on the on the essentials or extra tier. I think the premium tier is a bit much. So what would that be for? What, what Discord support? What in case like you have an no, issue? No, so or, you can talk, or... use Discord. So at the minute you can't. Oh, like I've a party. heard a lot of chatter about this because you can on Xbox now. Yeah. Um. You like go onto Discord on your phone, and it'll find your Xbox, and then it'll patch you through, so that you can talk to people on like PC through Discord. Yeah, because right, okay. a lot of online games now support crossplay, so it makes sense that there's a system that all three systems can use: uh, PC, PlayStation, and Xbox, where you can uh, actually be in a chat party together. Yeah, and PC is growing more and more. Like it's, it's getting more popular than consoles, just because of the things that you can do with it. And there's not 
very often but there's a there's a game you can't access well e- even when you know games come out as exclusives this happens quite a lot on playstation it'll come out as a playstation exclusive and then a year down the line it's getting a pc release yeah which doesn't bother me but i have seen some people annoyed like we were sold this as an exclusive why can pc now play it i i don't understand that mentality because it's like you know let other people play things as well while you're being so protective over it. He's like the kid at the park who started losing and took his ball home. Like, no, I want to play it. It's mine. I'm going home yes, now. That kid was you. It wasn't me. <laughs> I am just a boomer, okay? That is all I am. I'm just, I am an old man now. You know, you don't change your generation as you grow up. You're still a millennial. <laughs> it, it, when you're 80, you'll still be a millennial. Am I actually a millennial? Yeah, yeah, we're millennials. I... I'm in that lost. I'm but... in that lost section. I'm like a year after millennials, but I do not. I do not associate myself with Zoomers. <laughs> um, the next bit of news I've got, and Phil, I know you've got this game. Have you played Marvel's Avengers recently? Uh, I have not played it since. Oh God! Like when it first came out. No, I played. I played the campaign. I finished the campaign, and then. I uninstalled it because it was so repetitive, yeah. it hurt. And then the levels were the same, but you just did it with different people. Yeah. There was only, I think there was five characters I could use. Captain America, Hulk, Miss Marvel, Iron Man, and somebody else can't Thor? remember. Black Widow, uh, was she Thor. in it? Or, oh, yeah, Thor. Yeah, Black, yeah I th- I think... Black Widow was a DLC. So the... the there has been more characters added now for oh, yeah, the yeah, no. uh, Black Panther you can play as. I think you can play as Kate Bishop now. Uh, but it is going to be delisted in September. Development is coming to an end. Uh, it's just not been very successful, has it? Which I, I can't say I'm surprised because I, I played it once when you brought your PlayStation round and uh, I wasn't sold on it. But it had such potential. Yeah. It's. I think we were talking a few weeks ago about they announced the an Iron Man game. Yes. In development, and we we're hoping like that they learn from their mistakes of Avengers. Iron Man's one of those superheroes that should lend himself really well to a video game. If they if they take notes from the Spider Man game, yeah, or the two Spider the two Spider Man games that have uh, been released on the PlayStation Four so far with uh, another one to come and also the same team that worked on that I believe is making a Wolverine game which is very exciting the the, the Spider-Man games are I think the kind of the, the benchmark for any future individual superhero game yeah because they are fantastic to play I think uh, me and you are both platinumed both of them yes. because yeah and I could still I could still sit for an hour and just swing around Manhattan. Yeah, you don't even have to fight just... anyone for it to be fun. Like the no. swinging mechanics of that, just intuitive and fun. And yeah, like you're not getting anything from climbing the Empire State Building and somersaulting off. So you know how many times you can flip before you hit the floor. It's 17 <laughs> if you want to know. <laughs> it is an amazing game. And I think the things that you can do, like the video edits I see of people, like, because the music of that game is one thing that really impressed me. The music, it's got a great soundtrack. Yeah, it really does. I'm looking forward to how in the new game they bring Venom into it and kind of what his, what it will, 
what he will bring to yeah. it. Yeah, so I have heard they are rumours. It was it's apparently leaks, but it's from a from an unconfirmed source. So you know, take it with a pinch of salt. But so in the Miles Morales game, you can do everything Peter Parker can do, but with extra powers. So yeah. because in the next one you're going to be able to play as both, there needs to be something that Peter Parker can do that Miles can't. And apparently that is, I think you see in the trailer, he's got like the Iron Spider arms now. But then when you're in the black suit, they're going to be like Venom tendrils. Oh, that's uh, cool. Yeah. I'd heard rumours that it was going to be similar to GTA in the way that, do you know you can switch between three characters and just... it. Oh, okay. It's, so it zips to them, just like doing their own thing in the city. So while you're not playing as Miles, the idea is he's still off doing his own thing. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I thought you meant you could get cars and stuff, which I think is a cool concept. Yeah, yeah, and I think yeah. it'd work really well if you had three. You had Venom, Spider-Man, and Morales, and you were just zipping between the three. Like these, like Spider-Man and Miles, like you're actually good, but Venom's is Venom playable. Is that a thing, or is that an assumption? I'm just saying it'd be cool if that was the thing. Yeah, no, it would be cool. Some of the most fun things about GTA Five were just switching to Trevor and seeing what he was <laughs> up to, because it was always something <laughs> mental. He's just wearing a woman's dress at the top of uh, Mount Chiliad. Yeah, something like that. My last bit of gaming news I've got is that Google Stadia uh, is dead, which is very sad. Because it was a great system, it just didn't take off. It and I think a big part of that is that the majority of people don't have the internet that can stream games like that. Oh, I, I definitely can't stream. I games. do have a a Stadia controller and a a Google uh, Chromecast, was it a Chromecast Pro or whatever it is you can use with it, and it played really seamlessly. It was great, but yeah, I'm not surprised that Stadia is gone. But they have released an update that you can load onto your controller that unlocks the Bluetooth capabilities of it. So your Stadia controllers are now a, a good way of getting a cheap, decent quality Bluetooth controller. I've not done that with mine yet, but I'm hoping to unlock it and uh, connect it up to my, my Raspberry Pi. That's cool. But it's not like, well, we, we just... we. The get the whole system's dead, so you can't use this controller anymore. Yeah. So if you want a, a cheap wireless controller, have a look on uh, Marketplace because I bet a lot of people are getting rid of the Stadia controllers, not realizing that they could still be of use. Well, if a lot of people are getting rid of the Stadia controllers, Stadia probably wouldn't be dead if that many people had them. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Ooh, we got I, you with I the logic. The people have like I have one. And I played it for about a month after I got it, and then I was like, right, back to a PlayStation, because it just didn't have the variety <laughs> of games that I wanted. Can I make an omission? I never even knew there was a console or a thing called Stadia. Neither, neither did I. What games could you play on it? I've, I've never even heard of it. Uh, you, all sorts, all sorts of console <laughs> games. Like you, all you sorts? Could, I'm not going to yeah, name no, them, but all sorts. I think, well, I'm trying to think what I played. There was... Um, Dirt, I think, one of the Dirt games I played on there. I don't remember. He's now frantically typing for a it's game like, list. Stadia game list, come on, come on. Don't make me look like a fool. I am gonna I'm gonna look it up. <laughs> and then he'll <laughs> cut this out of the um podcast. 
you could play Destiny 2 on there, you could play Red Dead Redemption 2, you could play Control, you could play The Division, you could play Red Dead Online. Okay. So they're not small no, no, they, games. They, they, they were are proper, proper full-blown games. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, can you imagine streaming Red Dead 2? The amount of power that would take. Well, no, because it's only such a big inst- installation file because of like the, the size of the game and... Like, streaming a big game doesn't take any more bandwidth than streaming a small game because, basically, you're playing it on a remote machine. Just imagine you're playing it on somebody else's PC. The internet is sending your controller inputs to that PC and the video feed from that PC back to you. Okay, fair enough. I'm going to say, because there's all these... Do you know what happens in Red Dead 2? Has anyone played it? I haven't haven't played it. So what happens, Jason, is every NPC has their own life and while you're not doing stuff they're still living their life so you can go to a place kill someone come back six weeks later and that person's mourning the person you killed it sounds like some sort of like once you kill an npc dystopian nightmare (laughs) like have they got feelings (laughs) it's yeah kind of yeah yeah they have (laughs) they have Kind of, it's some of the videos I've seen are crazy. But then again, some of the mechanics of Red Dead Two are very iffy. Yeah. You know, when it first came out, I kept seeing people talking about how long it took them, like trudging through the snow on a horse, and it looked really, really tedious. There's a video that's come out about that though. Of so the first part where they're trudging through the snow, and this this guy's streaming the whole game. And at this point, it's just like, is this what the whole game's going to be about? Is it going to be this slow? And then it just cuts to the final scene of the like the main story, and he's there, like beards longer, he's like tearing up. It's like it's like any game, to be honest. It always starts off a bit slow. You have to you have to go. I'm going to give this game three or four hours to get me. And I, I think I played it. I'd never played the first one. Um, I think I actually won the game on a competition at work and i've come home i installed it hundred and something gig i think it was sat there played it for about five hours and then just fell in love with the game just played it for days and days it's a dangerous game <laughs> it is a dangerous game and then i cried at the end it is a horrific ending it re- like the first one i played the first one fully and i played the undead redemption undead nightmare yeah dlc that were great as well collecting the four horses of the apocalypse were great it's a great game but the second one's story oh my god it's got nothing on the first one like it actually you feel so much emotion going through that story it does get you right in the feels okay well that's the last bit of news i've got have you got anything ben that you want to mention so the first bit i've got swinging back to our roots it is tv news but it is also game news. So Dungeons and Dragons live action series is headed to Paramount Plus. So obviously, as we know, Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves is due out in cinemas in March. We both said we're excited for that. We both play D&D, so it's exciting. Um, it seems that Paramount are planning to get into the world of Dungeons and Dragons as well, planning a TV series based on the game. And Ross and Marshall Thurber, who did Red Notice, has been tapped to write and direct the first episode of the series. Well, that doesn't fill me with confidence. Why? 
Red Notice was like the most bland film. It's just like let's let's get three action people and just have them doing nonsense. Like it wasn't it wasn't well written. It's got three charismatic people in the film, which I think makes the car- film. It carries it, but the writing isn't anything amazing. Most of most of the funny parts of Red Notice are ad-libbed by Ryan Reynolds. That makes you realise that how bad the writing <laughs> is. That the funniest parts of the film weren't even written. But that that film is literally. I will sit there. I will turn my brain off, and I will just stare at the screen because it's it's just that's all it is. It, it's a film for a film's sake. It's not. It it didn't get me. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Well, it's meant to be a co-production between Paramount and Hasbro's entertainment division E1. There's not much news about it, but I thought it was kind of exciting that we're going to have a live action as well, because I know we're both excited for the film. You mean a, a, a series as well? Yeah. I got really excited when you started talking about that and then realised that Dungeons & Dragons isn't Golden Axe that we used to play as kids. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, oh yeah, Golden Axe, that's... That's what he's on about now. No, he's not. I'm really sad now. Gauntlet. Well, Gauntlet have, the have... movie. <laughs> yes. Oh, where's the key? Oh, I've got to run all the way back. Just thousands and thousands of skeletons attacking you while you're trying to get a key. That's for film. That's all you need. Let Michael Bay direct. You just have the, you just have the rock there with an axe just swinging for the hills. Uh, I've said before, though, I refuse to get another streaming service, so I probably won't watch that. I want to do a free trial of MGM, the MGM channel on Prime, because I really want to rewatch Stargate Atlantis, and that's the only <laughs> place I can see it. We we yeah, I, I have too many subscriptions. Yeah, and once Netflix get rid of password sharing, I don't know if I'll bother with that. Well, wait a second, Netflix is getting rid of password sharing. Yep. Where have you been? Well, that's one off, Malik. I, I, <laughs> Big news. I live under a rock, Jay. You are my news. <laughs> I get my news from you, you too. You get the news of the nerd. So, the last bit of news that I've got is just a, an incredible feat, really. It's so Zelda Breath of the Wild, a speedrunner, has beat the game 50 times in less than one day. Now, let me just explain when, this. When you say beat the game, is, is, is that a. A full 100% run. It's got to be story only, come on. Well, there's different levels of beating the game. Um, I know some of the Zelda games, if you look online at speedruns, this is what I do on YouTube sometimes, is just watch speedruns. And there's glitch runs and glitch-free runs. And so obviously the glitch-free runs, you've got to you've got to go through the story properly. And But the glitch runs, usually they will find a way to to get right from the beginning of the game to the end of the game and they'll, they'll beat a Zelda game in, like, three minutes or something. As far as I'm aware, it's a glitch-free run. I'm not sure if it's just story mode. I haven't got that information. Uh, what I have got is that last year he beat Breath of the Wild in 25 minutes. So this year he decided to compl- try and complete at least 50 times in less th- in a day. He managed it in 22 hours, 53 minutes, and 52 seconds. Just it was knackered. Just, just... He needs to go outside and touch grass. <laughs> Just just to emphasize what he's done, just for the main story, the average playtime is 50 hours and 28 minutes. Wow. And he's done it in 25 Rushed. minutes. Rushed is 28 hours and 24 minutes. So this guy has literally just powered through. It's got to be a glitch run then, surely. Either that or the story is that linear that 
people haven't figured it out and it's like oh if you drop off the first bridge you walk down you're at the end <laughs> that's where it is it's just in that gully down I, there can't like you the see it one, apparently if you just drop down the hole it takes you to the end it is one where it's completionist is so everything is the average is 194 hours and three minutes but as, wow. as far as far as i'm aware it is a glitch free run and his quickest run was 24 minutes and 16 seconds. That's it. So I'm guessing it's only story and that he's not going through any side missions or anything like that, but he's just literally going story mission, yeah. story mission. But I just... I only just, story missions at 500 I speed. just thought it was insane. I mean, that is mental when you think that he says rushed his 28 hours and he's done it in 24 minutes. Yeah. The only speed run that I've seen where they've actually had the one of the like creators of the game watch it... I don't know what the game's called. It's one of those really frustrating games. It's a man who's got half of his body in a bucket and he just has a hammer. Oh, yeah. And he has to fling himself around. Climb in the mountain. Yeah, he has to climb the mountain. Um, and somebody's done it in like 37 seconds. And even the, the, like, the game editor is like, Jesus, that guy's good. <laughs> so that's all the news I've got. Yeah, so I, I want to just mention this one last thing. It's not gaming news, but... I- we forgot to mention it last week, uh, and we really should have done, and that is that Hawkeye actor Jeremy Renner has been in hospital after a really bad, by the sounds of it, snowplowing accident. Um, he has tweeted that he wants to thank everyone for their messages and thoughtfulness. These 30-plus broken bones will mend. 30 broken bones. That's crazy. God. Snow ski. What? Snow ski. Snow, snow, no, it was a snow plowing accident. Oh, was it a snow plow? Yeah. And I think we were talking about this that someone else had recently had a similar accident with a snow plow. Yeah, I can't remember who it was. Someone died in a snow plowing accident. I'm just hoping it's not the same brand of snow plow. It could well be. I don't know. Do, do, do we know what actually happened? Did he get run over by a snow plow? I think basically, yeah, but it was his snow plow and. I, I I don't have the details in front of me, but uh, yeah, I think he got off the snowplow and it rolled, and he tried to get back in it and ended up being pulled under. Oh God! I was going to say tires, but I I, I don't it, know it if tracks, it has tracks it? or what. But yeah, it, it was it was a bad accident. Um, but you know he's I think out of hospital now. But still, um, thirty plus bones is yeah. mental. It's take so, a while to recover that. Yeah, get well soon, mm-hmm. Jeremy Renner, if you're listening. We love you, Hawkeye. If he's listening, of course he's listening. Of course, this come on. Of course he's, he's listening. One of the ones he's interested in the next scroll. segment. I mean, what? He's why not? not? If he's not listening, why not? Like, what else yeah. are you doing? Like laying there with thirty bones, not listening to our podcast? <laughs> How dare yeah, you? How dare you some break people. bones and do something else? <laughs> I was honestly going to say that he really looks forward to the next segment, which is scroll talk with Ben. Well, the next section is actually God of War talk with you two, so I'm going to shut the fuck up. Yes, yeah, so as Ben said, uh, me and Phil have both played God of War Ragnarok, both platinumed God of War Ragnarok, which yep. is part of the reason we've chosen to do this gaming special now, so that we can talk about that, because it's it's you know one of the biggest games that I think we've both played for quite a long time, uh, probably... I mean, last year there was that and there was Horizon uh, Forbidden West were the two big games I played. Yeah, I platinum both of those as well. I mean, how, how do they compare for you? If you if you had to replay one of those again, and I'm not saying tomorrow, like 
five years, you've got to replay one of those again. Which one do you think you'd go for? Which was your favourite? Got what? God of War, God of War, Ragnarok, or Horizon Forbidden yeah. West? Horizon. Yeah. I love I love God of War. Now I was late to God of War. I never played the original God of Wars on the PlayStation because at that, that at that point I had an Xbox, so God of War was never on my radar. But this I picked up the first God of War, loved it. Well, the, the first, got, yeah, the first yeah, of the yeah. new kind of the new mythology line. I wish they'd not just called it God of War because it makes talking about it really confusing. Because there's a different game called God of War that's still within canon. Like it's not, it's not yeah. a remake of that. It's a sequel. On the cases, on the on like PlayStation cases, isn't it called God of War 2018? Because that's when it was released. Isn't that what it, its official name is? Well, it might be, yeah. But on the but, box art, it does yeah. just say God of War. Yeah, I so yeah, so I, I came late to God of War, so I knew very little about his past, his mythology, what he'd done. So I think I sat and watched a YouTube video, which was about four hours long, which was kind of the start to to where God of War twenty eighteen started, yeah. and it kind of taught me through everything. So I I didn't know why he was called the Ghost of Sparta. Found that out. So kind of worked my way through. Love that game. That game is probably one of the one of the better games that I've played. Very open world. Very much my forte. Love just you start your your story missions over there. But let's take the boat and go over there and listen to Mamiya spout shit for twenty minutes, whilst just doing other stuff. Some of my favourite parts of both of those games are listening to the severed head of Mamiya just telling stories. There's been times where I've been sat, just sat in the boat, yeah. not even moving, just listening to him chat. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it is very good. So yeah, very love love the open world of of 2018. I found Ragnarok to be a a little too a little too linear to start off with you could only really go and explore everything i found kind of quite close to the end of the main story yeah and also if you try and explore earlier on what ends up happening is you find things you can't get past yet so you're gonna have to come back to it post game anyway yeah so how i mean without spoiling either game how does the sequel hold up to the the 2018 version the story i think the story is good I think the story is good. I don't know if it's as good as um, 2018. Well, I think I think 2018 story was when I first started playing it. It's like the story is I'm just taking my mum's ashes to a mountaintop. It isn't until you do a bit more that you kind of it, it kind of feeds into it. Whereas with this one, all the way through, I was kind of guessing certain things that were going to happen yeah. that didn't come to pass or that. I was wrong, and I was like, right, well, what? Whereas, I, I don't know. It, I enjoyed it. I, I, I think there could have probably been more. There's, there's a lot of stuff to do in the open world, but I thought there could be more, if that makes sense. Yeah, but also, by the time I played God of War 2018, the uh, updates that introduced, like, New Game Plus had already come out, and that also introduced new areas. So, you know, like, the maze that you can go through, you've got to... To go, oh, yes. to go and, yeah, yeah. and get whatever treasure you're trying to get and get back within the time limit or you don't get anything. That was in an update. That wasn't in the original game. Ah. So, you know, there's space for Ragnarok to be expanded like that as well. 
Yeah. Um, but I, I know what you, you're saying about it being linear. There were a few times I thought, I'm going to finish this mission, and when I finish this mission, I'm going to go to whatever area, whatever realm, and I'm going to just explore that because I know there's things there that I can now get to. And you get to the end of yeah. the mission, and then it had cut to playing as Atreus, and so you couldn't you couldn't do the things that you were going to do as Kratos, and it, just every time it cut to playing as Atreus, I was, oh, here we go again. Yeah, he 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 is a bit of a mungy bastard in this game. He is, and um, I was expecting. So, oh, I mean, I really don't want to. I don't want to spoil too much. But, okay, the first game's been out since 2018 now, so we can spoil, I think, that Atreus is revealed at the end of the first game to be Loki. Yeah. And that, to me, was like, oh, shit, what is that going to mean for the second game now? And for his character, not a lot. He doesn't act... It means he's a whingy bitch He doesn't act like Loki. And I know he's still, you know, he's still growing up and he's still growing into that, that name and that mythology, I guess, but... I've been uh, listening to a, an audio book by Neil Gaiman on uh, Norse mythology, and Loki is, you know, as everyone knows, he's the god of mischief. He's a trickster, and that—that that is just not what you get from Atreus. No, and so th- there's one story in this book where Loki cuts off all the hair of Thor's wife. And when Thor says, "Why did you do that? You, you better have had a good reason for doing that." He says, "I did. It was funny." And that's the kind of shit I want from Atreus in the God of War series. I don't I don't think you're gonna get that though, because I'm worried about the next game. I, I've heard all unconfirmed sources and things that there's gonna be a lot less Kratos in God of War. I think it, from what I've heard it's gonna be it's called God of War Reckoning. And it, it's gonna be more towards Agraboda and Atreus. Yeah. On their mission with a little bit of Kratos and Freya. Yeah, that's the thing. I, I, but Atreus isn't God of I, War, you know what I mean? I don't play those games to play as Atreus. You, you know, you play those games to play as this big, muscly, stoic, menacing god. That, uh, so you said you've not played like the, like the PS2 games, um, and... In that, it, it, you are literally just ripping through bad guys left, right, and center. It's a lot more just just wading through enemies. Um, th- yeah, they're very different games. I do think they're they're well worth you playing if you uh, get the chance. I have three uh, God of War three remastered, and it's currently downloaded. Okay, cool. That is my next game to play, but I can't. I can only get God of War and God of War two. Um, by streaming, yeah. and I don't have sufficient internet to stream, so um, I'm going to see what I can do about that because I do have a PS2 in the attic, I think. No, you don't. I've so, got it in my house. I had a PS2 in my attic, but I sold it to my cousin. So I'm going to have to see if I can get my hands on a PS2, and I'm going to see if I can go about maybe getting that as, at some point. But I, I, like I said, I know the story, and I, I yeah. know kind of the anthology of it. It's a lot more platforming as well in the older games. There's more platforming and there's more just, yeah, ripping through enemies. Yeah. I mean, what one thing I do want to praise both games for, because it's introduced in, in God of War 2018 and carries on into this one, is the Leviathan Axe, which is the axe that Kratos can throw and recall because that will never not be cool as fuck. Yeah, that is quite possibly one of the best weapons. While 
while you're in the loading screen, I don't know if you do the same, I spend my time stood there throwing the axe, calling it back to my hand. Throwing the axe, calling yes. it back to my hand. <laughs> throwing it off the world tree to see how far you can get and then pressing it. That one took six seconds to get back. That went far. <laughs> yeah. I never realised this, and I, and I heard it about it the other day. Is it a loading screen? Because it doesn't say loading at any point. It's one continuous over-the-shoulder shot the whole game. Oh, yeah. It's just different ways to yeah, load in. Yeah, you know it's a loading screen. You yeah. know, one of the sneakiest loading screens they use is, like, every now and again, there'll be, uh, to, to get from, like, one little area to another, you've just got to squeeze through a gap in the rock and it slows you down a bit. That's to yeah. load in the next area. I didn't realise that because it makes it so seamless. Yeah, so so I I, I was reading up on something, or it, it might have been, like, 25 Easter eggs from, like, the God of War franchise yeah. for, like, the, the newer games. And that was one of them, that it is actually one continuous over-the-shoulder shot. There's no, there's no cuts, there's no buffering or anything like that. I was like, that's really cool because I didn't think about it. But it, there is no loading screens, and obviously, with a lot of games, you do get when you get to a certain point, like into a new area, it will kind of freeze and buffer and kind of kick you. Yeah, in. but you know that the, the world tree is—it's a loading screen. It's just a playable loading screen. Yeah, where you can throw your axe off and count how long it takes to come back, which is great. Exactly. What one thing I've seen from this game is there—is there like a squirrel in a tree somewhere? We and there's a gong. Ratatasta. And yeah. it, the more you hit that gong, the pit more pissed off the squirrel gets. <laughs> so yeah, I think I can't remember exactly what if it's kind of what mentions what about, but he's like got little luminous emotion squirrels. So like he's not got like all the emotions. Um, and there's one that's like a, an anger squirrel or something like that, and you keep throwing it. And he's like, Well, you stop it with that gong. Oh, sorry, that was an outburst. Is that arrogant squirrel? It might be arrogant. I, I think he's just called arrogance or something. Uh, yeah, is it just called arrogant? Yes, but the, the, there are there are lots of funny little details like that. Yeah, like the the, fir the first time I, I I wasn't expecting to see a talking squirrel, but I found it. It was cool. Um, I liked the fact that you could use the blades of chaos from the start because I think in the first one you got them a bit too late into the story. Yeah, but. I understand why. If you've played, if you've played the original, the impact of getting those is worth it for getting them when you do, um, because there's a lot of association with those, and like that, that is him basically giving in and going back to being the ghost of Sparta. He's given that up. Yeah. He's given up that life. So when he, when he feels the need to go back and get those blades, that is like right, fine. If this is who I am, this is who I'll be. You know one thing that isn't explained in the second game that I thought would be? Yeah, go on. And it links into the first game. So when Atreus is poorly and you take him to Freya's and you go, you're going up the kind of the lift to get towards the bit under the yeah. turtle, somebody blows the horn to summon the world serpent. It's never explained who that is. Oh, right, okay. It's just a little insignificant bits. They're going up a lift, and you hear the horn, and Atreus goes, oh, somebody summoned Jormungandr. It's never discussed who it is. Now, this obviously, it could be Boulder. But I thought it's a quite cool little Easter egg if they left it open. Yeah. That it's somebody else. Yeah, and so I but, wonder if... Hmm, that's interesting. I wonder if the third game it will have some sort of like time travel element. That could be cool. Oh, could you imagine? Because something I really want future games to do is go back to the Greek pantheon just because I prefer that mythology. But they're all dead. 
So maybe if they could introduce some sort of time travel. Obviously, um, one of the coolest things in the in the second game, and one of the bits that took me completely by surprise, is when you're first fighting Thor. Yeah. And you think he kills you, and he takes you back to the loading screen, and then you just hear Thor go, "Oh no, I'm not done with you," and brings him back to life. At that point, did he kill him? And if Kratos does die, where does he go? Because, like you say, the Greek side of it, Hell, Hades, and all that is effectively gone. What does happen to Kratos if he dies? I mean, I guess now he's in Midgard. I guess he'd go to Helheim. So I was going to ask you what your thoughts are, like where you think it's going to go. So you've kind of mentioned what you've heard. I hope that's not right, yeah. though. So there is, in the post-game, there's some talk of uh, Mimir has promised that he's going to find a new ruler of Helheim. And in Norse mythology, the ruler of Hell is a person called Hell, who, I don't know if you know this, is the daughter of Loki and Angraboda. So I wonder if that's going to play into it. So this is my prediction for the next God of War in the series, which will probably be the conclusion of like the Norse trilogy. I think the main aim of the game is going to be to try and find somebody to take over ruling hell. It's going to try and make you think that it's going to be their daughter, Hell. And the game is going to end with Kratos... Become, giving himself becoming up. the ruler of hell himself to save his granddaughter from that fate. I think that's a really good shout. And the the only thing I would ask, if they do do um, one where it is more towards Atreus and Agraboda, leave the yellow cow at home. We do not want another yellow cow. The worst mission, just plodding around on a cow. That is the worst part yeah. of that game. You will have probably heard that Amazon is making a God of War series. I have, and they want. Uh, there's been a lot of backlash over the who's going to play Kratos because they want the person that voices him, whose name I can't remember right now, to play him. Well, but a lot, he, a he, lot of people are going. He wants. He wants to play. Like I don't think any official announcement has been made. He definitely wants to play him. His name is Christopher Judge. He plays Teal'c in Stargate SG One, and yep. he would be brilliant as him in live action. However, I know a lot of people are going, but he's black and he can't play him. Well, you can shut the fuck up if that's what you think. Apologies for swearing. No, no, it, I think he would be great in the role. Um, I mean, I've seen people say Batista. Oh, God, no. I don't really want... Like, you know, he's great in some roles. Well, I, he is a good actor. I don't think I want him for Kratos, though. I don't think it would work. Um, Me and Ben, were talk- I don't know if you've heard... I think it might have been on the last episode, so I don't know if you've if you've listened up to that yet. There was uh, like some mock ups that people had done of different actors with like the Kratos makeup on, and the one who looked best was Triple H, the wrestler. He looked yeah, really he good. He looks really good. It's just yeah. does he have the acting ability? What we need is we need him to say, "Boy, boy," and then we'll know. I mean, that's that's the other thing, is. If you're doing a God of War series, where in the story do you start it? Because, like I said, the old games were very different games. There is obviously a story there, but it is—it's much less a story-based game. It's—it's—it's it's, it's more like this god has wronged me, so I'm going to kill him, and it's a revenge story with not much nuance there. 
the new games are a lot more emotionally weighted. So that well, I think that is probably where they would start it with flashbacks to explain the historic side Maybe, of it. Maybe yeah. Like they, they they could literally do it's Amazon. They've got money to throw it. They could literally go. Oh, he, he needs to go and get these. Oh, what are these blades of chaos? Oh, how did he get these two episodes on? Bang! This is what they are. This is how he got yeah. them. It, it's never explained how he gets from Greece to Midgard. It's not no. I'd like to know how that happened. Can you walk from Greece to Midgard? Can I get a boat to Midgard? I know the other thing is where exactly is Midgard? Like, is it? Uh, is, is it a different realm to where the original games took place? Or Midgard, has, Midgard has so many Earth. questions. Yeah, but 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 in this, it's never referred to as a country. No way. Um, it, it's never referred to as like Scandinavia. It's it is just Midgard, and it, it's like he is now in Midgard, but he never they never refer to the previous place he was as Greece either. It's just talked about as he, he in my homeland. And Mamir will yeah. say, back in your homeland. They never say, back in Greece. One of the... Um, I like one of um, his stories, Mamir's stories, talks about how Kratos was in Mortal Kombat. Does it? It talks about how he was in a tournament where he fought by... Um, oh, he, he, where he fought like princesses and stuff oh, like that. Oh, shit. It, it ref- yes. It refers to him, to him in Mortal Kombat. Yeah. You know what? I Because I remember him saying that. And I'm like, I cannot remember that from the old games, but it's been a long time since I've played them. Yeah, of course, he was a DLC character in Mortal Kombat. Yeah, there are so many Easter eggs. You know the Cavassier uh, poems yeah, you pick yeah. up. You know the covers of each book appear in Sindri's house. Right. Each of them are a different game. The, each cover, there's a cover for Ratchet and Clank. There's a, go- a cover for Ghost of Tsushima. There's, there's 12 or 13 different book covers, all of different PlayStation games. Oh, wow. That is cool. Uh, so I have one last question before we move on. on to Ben talking about Baldur's Gate. Um, imagine you are put in charge of the God of War franchise and you are given the task of making a, a new game that's a spin-off of this game. So you don't play as Kratos. Who do you play? Ooh, that's a good one because there are a couple of worthwhile things. So obviously, the, the the if that was the case, it'd probably be Atreus. But you've got Thor's daughter; that could be a good thing. Yeah, a good storyline to go that's down. That's the one I, I'd go with. I would love to play a game as Frude. Could it be that you play as Freya, and there is something that happens in Kratos and Freya, and then? This aside to Freya and Vanaheim. Um, I'm just trying to think what else. You could just be Mamiya. <laughs> <laughs> just rolling around like that. Oh, there's a, I meant to send you a video. There's a video of God of War Ragnarok from the perspective of Mamiya. So funny. <laughs> um, there was also another, there's another snippet of just humour that I, I picked out. Um, and Atreus goes to Mamiya, why are you always carried on the back? And Kratos goes, well, we tried it on the front once. <laughs> it didn't work. <laughs> That's quite yeah, amusing. Kratos is very funny in, in this newer game, and sometimes I think even on purpose. He's learned what humour is. Yeah. But I, I like I like the relationship that Kratos and Mamiya have. Oh, definitely, because yeah. Because they... They are brothers. Mamiya kind of, in the first game, kind of forces himself on them 
in in a way it's like you've got to cut my head off and carry me with you and then i'll help you but it's got to the point where they do consider Mamiya to be family and throughout this game kratos does become close to people which is something that he never did in in the greek god of war games and he was seemed to be reluctant to do after his wife died because you know what is one of those types of people that when he's burnt he like puts up all his all his guards so his wife dies and yeah. that's it he's not getting close to anybody else because he was hurt I, I could probably fill a, a two full hour episode talking about this game, so, but we will have to cut it there. Um, but it's probably we may revisit it if you if if you'd like me back on to talk some more God of War. I'm more than happy to. I mean, it will it will be a few years away yet, but when the God of War TV show comes out, that will be one that I think we'll uh, be covering extensively. Uh, but Ben, you've been playing Baldur's Gate three, which is still in beta, but is having fairly regular updates all i seem to be doing a minute is talking about D, not a bad thing but yeah so Baldur's gate 3 is still in pre-release it's been in pre-release for uh so obviously if you pre-ordered the game you get early access to the pre-release it's been there for about three years now near enough in, in pre in pre-release and you only get so far you've only got part of chapter one available but they have the game has grown bigger over those three years and they every hot patch they've done they've added another class or they've added a little bit of a more new area and we have now finally got a release date of august 2023 which i cannot wait for so if you don't know Baldur's gate 3 is developed by larian studios who made divinity original sin now, playing this, it makes me want to play those games because apparently they are very similar. But I think in relation to any other, you know, turn-based D&D-style game, do you know the other Baldur's Gate games? The difference this is, is you see the roles. So when you're doing, like, perception checks and things like that, you see the role and you see, like, what bonuses and advantage you've got to it. And I think it makes it feel much more D&D. Do you know what I mean? Rather than it just being in the background mechanics. Yeah. I, so I, I've i played the the old Baldur's Gate games, one and two. And something that I did find really frustrating on that was pausing it, setting all my attacks, letting that happen, and pausing it and setting all my attacks. Yeah, this one's not, is it? This one's turn-based. This is full turn-based and it jumps to the person that's doing it and it's it is great like it is just like playing D&D with your friends just in a video game and there's there's just so much in it already and there's so many areas that you can't access without obviously spoiling anything to get to to advance the story you've got to get to a certain place and there's three routes to do that in the early access only one of them is open right so and that route takes you through a, a couple of places with lo- obviously loads of side missions and things like that so the fact that there's still two we haven't even got to Baldur's gate yet like that's just not a thing yet so Baldur's gate's obviously a massive place so it's gonna be a big part of the game with it being called Baldur's gate but at the minute it just plays so well like in pre-release, there's not really. There are crashes, obviously, 
and there's bugs here and there do you know what i mean like they are you send reports when you you do it it, it does ask you to send a report so you do and every time there's been bugs next the next fix that's been put out has fixed those bugs so they've been really really proactive with it but it does play really well the character customization is amazing the rpg aspect of the game is amazing at the minute there's only five classes no five people that you can recruit into your party okay and but there's this there's bits in the pre-release where you talk to someone and they were like find me here later and i might join it looks like there's going to be so many more people that can join and in the trailer that got re- released at the event where they announced it was going to be august 2023 um at the game awards there is jahira and minsk i don't know if you remember them if you played the first one and two yeah yeah they are in the trailer okay which is great so obviously it ties back to the other games and i just there's so much good i can say about this game that it's for a game that's in early access that's in beta i feel like normally you have so many issues with it and you're like i hope they fix this i hope they fi-. for what it is at the minute it's perfect like i know we're going to talk about as top three games i didn't want to put this in because at the minute it is a perfect D game to me but after pre-release the rest of the game could be shit do you know what i mean so i didn't want to put it in there it wasn't fair to put it in a top three games but the game wasn't out yet but at the minute, to me, it is a perfect D&D. The character customization and everything is just amazing. So what classes have you played as in the beta and which do you prefer? My question, because I've played D&D with you and Phil knows me, obviously, cousin Phil. What class do you think I pick? I've played, I've played through the early access four times. What classes are there? So, so there's 11 classes. Cleric, Fighter, Ranger, Rogue, Warlock, Wizard, Druid, Sorcerer, Barbarian, Bard, and the most recently added Paladin. I'm sure you will have played as a Bard. Yes. And then... There was no Jester or Fool. <laughs> that, that's kind of a Bard. Oh, okay, okay. That's the closest as you there get. There no Ninja. Um, and then I feel like you'd have wanted to be some sort of beefy spellcaster type. So most of my playthroughs have been as a wizard or a sorcerer. Yeah. Um, I did one as, as a bard, um, and I did enjoy it. But no matter what, in any game, in the sort of D&D realm, do you know what I mean? That fantasy genre. Yeah. That's the kind of game I always go for, and I always love being like a beefy spellcaster. So wizard and sorcerer are amazing wizard is probably the one i'd say is the best just because of the options you've got well like like subclasses with your spells and it's kind of so subclasses we're only just kind of getting there with the latest updates because so at the minute the last big update they did they added level five so that is the max you can you can get to is level five and subclasses don't really become a thing until level three, I think, is it in D and D? Yeah, I think some so unlock at, some unlock at six, some unlock at three. Um, so it's just like the amount of customization there is at the minute. The fact that you can only get to level five, and this game looks as though it's going to be massive. Yeah, like I can't see what we've been what we've played being a quarter of the game. 
Probably not, no. Do you know what I mean? If there's that much customization now, the amount of things that you're going to be able to do is insane. So this is one of the main reasons I'm annoyed that Stadia is shut down because this was this was scheduled a Stadia release, which obviously won't be happening now, which is a big shame. Like I've not got a PC that's going to be able to play this game, so I was hoping to play it on the Stadia. What, one thing I would like to say, and it's, it's not really a spoiler because I'm sure people have seen it and it doesn't ruin anything to do with the story, but obviously you load into the game and any sort of game like this, you do your character customization. So yeah. you create your character, obviously male, female, choose the hair, tattoos, uh, eye, so much you can change about them. And then once you've done that, there is a much more limited character customization but you have to design a second character. And the so you've got a narrator all the way through it. And you cho- you essentially choose the voice. But it cuts to this character customization and it goes, who do you desire? And you have to design what you desire so you can choose the race. So is this like you're designing the, the love interest? Without ruining anything, no, but in a way. Or is, is it like... Is it like the rival in Pokemon? You get to name your rival, and this is like a a more detailed version of that by the sounds of it. So I'm going to try not to ruin it too much, go into too much detail, but basically you are choosing something that is your deepest desire that you should essentially be trying to resist in the game. Okay. You don't know that when you create this character. Right. But... It's you should essentially be resisting this person, but all it asks you is who do you, what do you desire, and gives you this character customization screen. Yeah. How can I design unwanted calories? <laughs> <laughs> um, that is all I'm going to add to this conversation because I know nothing of this you know, game. You, so you've never played D and D, have you, Phil? I think you would nope. love it. I really think you would love it. The only game I've played that sounds somewhat like this with characters like is Elden Ring. Yeah. And that is the most horrific game I've it's ever played. It's nothing like that. It's, it, it doesn't, I, I assume it doesn't it's make not. you want to jump off a skyscraper. I literally I started playing the game. I walked out of the main doors as my, I've never played this game before. Let's hope there's a tutorial to get my ass kicked by a man on a horse. It's like the Stringer games because it's like Bloodborne, uh, dark, dark souls that. they are the yeah. most fucked up games ever they are games deci- designed for you to make you quit before finishing oh yeah the I point have... of them is that they are they are very difficult games and people like pride themselves on being able to play them because they are that difficult I spent two days trying to defeat the final two bosses which you have to fight back to back and I died that many times that I uninstalled the game before Is it, is it I the one it. that uses a placenta as a weapon? No, it's a man that reminds me of Hercules, just with red yeah. hair, um, and then it turns into the Elder Dragon. Oh, no, okay. The placenta is the is Bloodborne, because in Bloodborne, one of my friends told me that to get the secret ending, you need to eat all the umbilical cord before <laughs> you fight the final boss. Obviously. That's just how fucked up that they're, game is. They're just yes. so fucked up. But I think you would like this. It is amazing. The story is great. And all the decisions have impact. I mean, I, I, I struggle for time nowadays. Do you know what the biggest thing that I can probably praise with this game is the interface? Like, your actual HUD 
plays so well. You're not switching from screens to change stuff and like equipped a different weapon and things like that. It's all on the screen, switching between characters, all your spells, all all the items you've got in like your quick slots and things like that. It is just an amazing game, and I cannot wait for this to fully release because I think it's probably, I reckon it's going to be one of the biggest games of this year when this comes out because I know for a fact there will there will be people that nerds is the word you're there will be people that are just waiting for the full release to buy it yeah i think it'll do really well when it comes out and anyone really hope i get the chance to play it anyone listening that is going to play it or or has been playing it and hasn't got to this bit yet the my final words on Baldur's gate 3 are do not kill the owl bear you will regret it the owl do not kill the owl bear it's exactly what you think. It's like a big bear that's like feathery, like an owl, and has a beak. It's a bear owl. Yeah, it's just an owl bear. Just don't kill the owl. Just don't kill the owl bear. They look great. Google owl bears. What's that thing from the South Park game <laughs> Man called? Bear pig. Man, Man bear, bear pig. pig. <laughs> yeah, Baldur's Gate Three sounds great. I hope I do get the chance to play it um, when it releases. But now I think it's time for us to move on. So I've asked everyone to prepare their three favorite video games. I said top five, but Jason wanted to be a dick. I think top top three is more challenging and makes it more impossible. Is the word impossible? I have tossed and turned. I have lost sleep. I have neglected my daughter for this list. <laughs> you do those things anyway. <laughs> I, I, I would I would be surprised if either of you could guess two of the three games on my list. Oh, that's interesting. So these games, especially the games I've got, I don't know about you guys, but these are probably not objectively the best games I've ever played or even the ones that I've enjoyed the most, but these are games that have been uh, impactful in some way on me and on my you know, development as a gamer. I, I am very similar to that. I haven't got them in a 3-2-1 order. They're not ranked. But I think I'm going to go with them like chronologically from the earliest game I really remember playing a lot. And that is The Legend of Zelda for the NES. That is the game that I I first remember putting hours and hours and hours into to like finding all the levels. That was... Like a genius thing, like you, you didn't, you didn't load into level one, finish that, load into level two. You'd finish level one and then have to go out onto the overworld and find level two. Is that the one with the eight levels? You have to find the eight instruments to wake the egg at the top of the mountain. No, no, that is Link's Awakening. That was a Game Boy oh. game. I'm currently playing Link's Awakening remastered on the Switch. Ooh, very nice. That That is the first Zelda game that I ever played. So, yeah, the first Zelda game I played was The Legend of Zelda, and I, I think that is a big part of, uh, you know, my my birth as a gamer, <laughs> my development <laughs> as a gamer, and massively has influenced the kind of games that I like to play. Uh, I, actually, all three of these that I've got have done that. Uh, but also, this is one of the few games that I remember playing with family, like with my parents. This is a game that we would all play, and this is a game that 
our mum, Ben, I think, probably got into even more than I did. And, you know, it, it's just one of those games when I think about it, I think of, uh, of, of playing it as a family, sat in the living room at a time where I was the youngest child in the family and it was just better. <laughs> there was less problems in the yeah. world. The colours were brighter and sharper. What are you saying about my mum? Were you even listening, Ben? <laughs> yeah. What we're saying is, Ben, before you were born, everything was a lot better. <laughs> well, we, everyone, even people that don't know me listening to the podcast know that that's false. I mean, not from my perspective. I went from being the baby oh, of the family to the middle child. And no one, no one wants to be the middle, middle child. child. No one cares about the middle child. <laughs> no, we know. We're both middle children. D- does anyone else have anything to say on The Legend of Zelda? I think that was the only game that isn't like a mobile game or one of these shitty Candy Crush games that mum has ever played or that I remember her playing oh, no, Zelda. She- she really? she she has played she has played a lot more games than that. Like I I do remember playing other games and mum playing other games. Um, we used to play Bubble Bobble together. Ah, oh, well. Bubble but, Bubble, great. Um, but I think that Zelda is is the one that I really remember her playing a lot. And I was going to say just as much as me, probably more than me. But yeah, it's it's very early memories of playing video games as a family. I remember ruining your mum's save on Link's Awakening. Because I carried on the story and she asked me not to, or if I did not to save it, and I forgot and I saved it and I think I did four of the levels, so she started it again. <laughs> that is the level of pettiness that I expect. That's not pettiness, I'd do the same. <laughs> uh, no, it's pettiness. Would you not do the same? Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Of course I would. Well, then. then we're all petty, okay? <laughs> okay? Ben, do you want to go next? This... My top two, I had straight away as soon as the question was posed. This one has made me go grey. My hairline has decreased because of this question. and I love how asking people to pick their top three favourite games has caused such turmoil. It's like trying to pick a favourite child. This is one um, that I remember me and you, Jason, playing quite often, taking it in turns to do bits with and i think i've revisited this game four or five times on different consoles and that is dead island dead island is such a great game i i and it is a game that you can just that you can play through repeatedly we played through it many times back on the ps3 phil um and yeah we are currently in the middle of another playthrough but every few months we go back on dead island and uh and carry on for a couple of hours and yeah we've been doing it for a while but it we are near the end of it though. yeah but it's just so easy to pick back up and get back into i think like the co-op's great as well the fact that you stick the same story but you can just have like play with mates and the blueprints some of those are so fucked up i think that's something that i've learned as i as i when when i played it when we were younger i never did that i never like crafted weapons it was like I have a hammer. Now it's, I have a hammer with a sword and a screwdriver that I can shove up ass and it'll explode. Okay, I don't know. I don't know what you've been playing, but that's not Dead Island. <laughs> it, oh, it oh. is. It is. You're just not on the right blueprint. Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> if you find the developers mod blueprints, they do some the crazy diamond stuff. one. There, there there, is it the stuff. hand of Goa or Summit? The hand of Goa. It's a hand of Summit. That just blows the head up or something. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Like the amount of diamonds you need for that. 
Like it's what I think one playthrough I managed to get enough diamonds to do the a developer's mod and I did it. So you, you get the developer's mods by finding coloured skulls and then finding where on the map you've got to take those skulls and they're in really obscure places. And I'm sure there's some... There's, there's one that's like locked behind a level and uh, like if you've done that mission then you can't get back into that yeah. room to put the skull on the hob in someone's kitchen, Yeah, the, it's, a, it's a hob in a kitchen in one of the rooms that you randomly go into when you're like, you need to go and save this guy? Yeah. Told Aussie Tattoo Face tells you to go and save someone. <laughs> Aussie like... Tattoo Face. Like the, I think the first time we <laughs> played, guy. we nicknamed him Aussie Tattoo Face. What's his name? Sinoy or something? Sinemoy. Yeah. Cinnamon, yeah. He's been Aussie Tattoo Face in our minds since the game first and came he out. He shall always be Aussie Tattoo Face. I hope he's in but the yes. sequel. Yeah, I think I got, I got I... one of the developers' mods bef- and it was just a dagger. And I was like, have I just gone for all that for this? And then I stabbed a zombie with it, and I think it flew like 6,000 feet. And I was just like, oh my god, this is too much power. Thinking back to when it was first released, I don't think there were any other games like that. I think the closest thing would be uh, the one that was set in the mall, Dead, Dead Rising. Rising. That Dead is a Rising great game, was... game as well. But Dead Rising was a lot more... Comedic. Um comedic it was a lot more light-hearted than dead island first person as well makes it a lot better it's a lot more immersive whereas if you're my brother and you play dead island you're either looking at the the floor or you're looking at the sky there is no in between i think with with dead rising if you see like a massive group of zombies you go oh cool i'm gonna plow through those with a chainsaw or something if you're playing dead island and you see a massive group of zombies you're like you i'm turn gonna and run die. Away. <laughs> Even the standard zombies on that, because obviously on all zombie games you've got like standard zombies and then fast zombies and then fat zombies and Exploding even the standard zombies. the standard zombies on Dead Island can be difficult. Like you're not you, yeah. if you get lucky, you'll one shot one of them and take the head off with one swing. But generally, that doesn't happen. And you know, four or five normal zombies, you're taking damage. Unless you've got that special katana, Zed's demise. But with the weapon uh, degradation system, oh yeah, you, you can't just stick to one weapon all the time because it'll break. Yeah, the amount of times that I've gone to a workbench and none of my weapons are are like usable. You, you, yeah, you've got nine weapons, and I have like my three or four favorites, and then I have like the other stuff that I'll use. Yeah. But the other thing is, they're all fucked. The more because you can you can upgrade the weapon so that um, you know it's leveling with you. But the more you upgrade a weapon and the more you repair a weapon, the quicker it will start to break. So if you if you just stick with the, the same few weapons that you like and just upgrade them as you go, then those weapons are gonna are gonna deteriorate much quicker than if you buy new weapons and and put mods on those. I think with the game like. Playing it at night, you think it's okay. And then eventually you get to one of them points where like one will just jump out. Do you know them ones that are just stood facing a corner? Like they're in the naughty corner and you're just sneaking <laughs> past. And you think, do you know what? It's not going to do it. I can sneak past. And then all of a sudden it just turns around, launches itself at you and screams yeah. in your ear. And, this is, and that's when you throw your controller out a window. Mate, the last two times I've done it, like I've gone to our Jasons to to play Dead Island. I've left at midnight, one o'clock. Yeah, it's been pitch black. 
and I've, I've start swerving that for people. <laughs> it, it's horrific. Like get, getting to getting into a car, just looking around like Locky right. Doors. There's going to be one coming for me. Yeah, it, it, it's weird because it's not. It's not generally like a scary game like something like Resident Evil can be. But, but, but yeah, there it are has definitely its like when you go through the sewers. Oh, I hate the sewers. That is the worst part. Of that game is the sewers. Um, okay, I think that's enough on Dead Island. Uh, Phil, what is your... Uh, so, uh, I, like you, Jason, didn't go for kind of my favourite game or, or something like that. I went for a game from my childhood. So the first game uh, on my kind of... that I remember playing and I remember playing a lot of is Pokemon Yellow. So yeah, Pokemon Yellow, the best Pokemon game from the probably first four or five i yeah it is i have very fond memories of pokemon yellow because obviously red and blue were massive hits uh for us ben you were probably too young to remember them first coming out like i'm sure that, i'm sure pokemon red came out in like 1997 and you were born in first coming out so. yes, yeah but I, I i think i started playing pokemon very young so, but but the, the hype of them coming around, because we got the anime before the games came out, so people knew Pokemon yep. before the game hit, and we had the trading cards before the game hit. So when those games hit, everyone was playing them. And then I remember there was massive hype for Yellow coming out. It might be the first like big hype for a game coming out that I remember, because you're going to get Pikachu as you're starting Pokemon, and you, you're going to fight jesse and james from team rocket and yeah i you're gonna get all the starters yeah all three of the starters like in how he got them from from the, the anime anime yeah. series it, it linked in with that i would love a yellow remake they've, they've remade like red and blue or well red and green a few times like let's go pikachu and let's go eevee are basically gen one remakes um and obviously there's fire red and leaf green I would love a Pokemon Yellow remake, but in the style of Legends Arceus. In fact, we've had discussions about this pronunciation before. Legends Arceus, I think it's meant to be, isn't it? I always say Arceus. Arceus. I I would love that as a game. That is something I would play the fuck out of. The reason that it sticks with me so fondly is um, I was going on holiday with my mum and dad, my sister, I think we were going to Scotland for a couple of days and then we were flying um, to somewhere in Greece, I think it is, one of the little islands. I remember getting in the car, putting my seatbelt on, putting my light and magnifier on my Game Boy, turning it on, putting my head down, looking up and we were in Scotland. (laughs) And I just, I played that game so much and it, it is quite possibly... It's a game. It's a game that I am now. When I have a, I have, I've got a ROM on my phone. I've got Pokemon Yellow on it. Every now and then, I'll jump in and have a couple of hours just running around Pokemon Yellow. I agree. It's a great game. I just don't agree that it's the best out of the first couple. I'd say that's Crystal. I think Gen Two, Gold and Silver, were probably better than Yellow, um, especially when you know you, you you finish the Pokemon League and you get to go back to Kanto and and play all yeah. those gyms and revisit places from the first game but i completely understand being like a similar age to you i completely understand why you've picked yellow because that was a big deal when we were kids 
like how old were you it came out the year i was born so you were nine eight or nine yeah, yeah so yeah it, right. it was probably yeah it, it probably was the biggest game that we got when we were when we were kids i remember you know when you, like, you're in greece and stuff and you've got all these knockoff market stalls and they've got all these um cheap pokemon games and Pokemon Yellow was everywhere. It it wasn't it wasn't just uh, in the UK. It's big. It was it was massive it's, everywhere. I think that's what like Yellow started it, didn't it? Like obviously, I think blue, red, and blue came out before, didn't they? Yeah. Or Yellow started kicked everything off worldwide. Like that's well, no, what it, started. It was- it, like it was already kicked off. Yellow was basically in terms of game. In terms Yellow was of the, the next step. No, ye- Yellow was basically them uh, capitalizing on the success of the anime by re-releasing the same game again for a third time. Like you know, they've already released two games that are basically the same, which is mental that they did that. They do that. They did that, and they split the Pokedex. That that was that that was like a a, a new thing to do. Um, and then they basically like found a way to release that game again for a third time by changing some of the details around so that it reflected the anime. And charging only thirty four ninety nine for it, which back in olden days, that was not a lot. When you're looking at your 70 quid a game nowadays. I, I think if you look at inflation, it's uh, pro- it probably, probably not far with. behind. But yeah, that, Pokemon Yellow, that is that is my childhood. That is the first game I remember sitting down and playing and playing a lot. So back to me then. And Phil, I know you, you you will, I think, have similar feelings around this game to me. Ben, I don't know if you've played it that much. I'm sure you will have played it, but it's probably not got the same kind of place in your heart as it will do for us. So this is one of the first cooperative games that I remember playing. And... When I was growing up, my next-door neighbour had this game and I used to go around and, and and play at his house. And we were very different people. I think, you know, if we'd not kind of been pushed to play together by our parents, we wouldn't have played together. Like, I used to go around and he was like, let's go out and play football. And I was like, no, why would I want to go outside? You've got a Sega Mega Drive here. <laughs> let's, let's sit in the house and play Streets of Rage. Yes. And... Uh, then uh, me and you, Phil, we have played that game so many times. And the thing is, continue to play that game so many times. Like, when was the last time we played Streets of Rage? Probably last year at some point. Like, yeah, it's a, when I was a game that we keep going back to repeatedly. And there have been many sequels, which we've also played nowhere near as much. Nothing quite recaptures yeah. the magic of the first Streets of Rage. Um, there's a fan-made Streets of Rage remake that I've got on my Raspberry Pi that we have also played. There's now a Streets of Rage 4 that we have played. But going back and replaying Streets of Rage 1, just, like, yeah, nothing will ever quite recapture that that cooperative magic. You're right in saying it doesn't capture the same place in my heart, but it is a great game. Um, Yeah. And I I have definitely played it. The one thing that annoys me about it is we still get the question wrong at the end and end up dropping back a level every now and then. I don't think when, like when we were originally playing it on the Sega Mega Drive, I'm not sure we ever beat it. 
No, we got close. Yeah, though. but but now we be and I remember. So this is probably about five, six years ago. We were like, let's play Streets of Rage again, and so we played it. We got to the end, and the final boss says, "You know, don't don't like, don't do you want to take don't, over? Don't somewhere? fight me. Join me instead." And you're like, yeah, because most games, it doesn't matter what option you pick, you get the same outcome, but with a bit of different uh, dialogue. So I'm like, let's pick yes. We'll join him and see what different dialogue we get. You pick yes, and a trap door opens up, and you go back about four levels. <laughs> uh, which, oh, uh, and obviously, you know, it's the end of the game. They are four very difficult levels. They are. Level seven is the best level, which is where you're on the oh. elevator up the side of the building, and you just get to throw them I off. Love, I love the off. elevator level. But yeah, such a great game, such a great cooperative game. In terms of like my early gaming experience co-ops, it's... The only one that comes close to it is uh, Donald and Mickey in the House of Illusion, was it? Or Castle of Illusion? World of Illusion? Something like that. Yes, I roughly, I, I vaguely remember playing uh, that. And yeah, yeah that, that is also a really fun game, but Streets of Rage will... Well, I, I can't ever see there being a time when we, won't when, when we won't go back to playing that. Like I, I can yeah. see in 20 years' time us going... Let's play Streets of Rage. I mean, if my heart holds up, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Ben, your second pick. So, my second pick is something that kind of... I'd say it really kind of got me into my fandom of RPGs. Are you going to say Final Fantasy X? No, I'm not. I'm not. I didn't even think of Final Fantasy X. What I remember of Final Fantasy X is you playing and me watching. That's not made my list, and I'm now very sad yeah, with myself. Yeah, same, because I've played that so many times. So it kind of got me into RPGs and the whole... Do you know we're talking about that whole like fantasy D&D style of universe? Yes. Is Dragon Age Origins. Okay. I don't know if either of you have played it, I haven't. That's a much more modern game than anything I've got on my list. <laughs> yeah, I've never played that. It is incredible. And I think it. the reason I played it is so my dad ended up getting an Xbox and I put in this game because I thought it looked cool and I was trying to show him how to use a controller and that you look at the screen, not the controller. And it didn't go well. So I, so I was always playing it and I played this game and I was thinking this is amazing and I could not stop playing this game. Like, you know, the armor customizations, the different weapons. And I think it started off my love of that type of game and the different choices making impacts and the different prologues you can choose. Like if you chose to be a dwarf, you could choose to be a noble dwarf or a like a poor dwarf. So so it's like subclasses to... in D&D. Uh, no, this was like your origin. Races. So it was it was just your origin story. It's like yeah, so it's like a choose your own story. Yeah. You create you like it's like it's like a creator. So if own you adventure. chose a mage, you you ended up with the storyline in the in the mage's t- tower, no matter what class you were. But if you could choose be a human noble, poor noble, high elf, because you could play it so many times. And obviously, there were so many origin story parts to play through. Like there were so many different options, and it is it's just great, an absolutely great game. And I think when the Dragon Age Inquisition came out, like, yeah, it's good, but it's just... it. I don't know if it was the nostalgia 
because it was it was a very early game. What console was it? Was it PS3, Dragon Age Origins? I played it on Xbox 360. It was 2009. Yeah, so it'll be 360. So, so that's PS3. that's like you you were nine when you played Jello. I was like nine, ten when I played this, and it just opened me up to that. And it just when the next one came out, I was so excited. You've talked about Dragon Age on the podcast before. I am intrigued. I might play them at some point. It is great, and like I still go back to it. It sounds like something I really like is a, a game where the choices you make matter. Yeah, you've got different endings, different outcomes, and it's one of them where at the end it does, you know, tells you a little story. Yeah. Because and what's happened because of the choices you made. Right. Yeah. Um, but That's the, cool. The That's combat's cool. great and things like that, and it's it's the same. It's it's like do you know the original boulders where you'd pause. You can pause it, select what you want to do, unpause, and it'll start going through those actions. And if you want to change, pause, and that sort of thing. But I think it does it in a, a much better way than the original Baldur's Gates did because they were just a bit messy in terms of combat. Yeah. But honestly, incredible game. Okay, Phil, what's your second pick? So this one, I don't think either of you two will have ever played. Intriguing. Um, it's Yes, it, it's... It's when I had my Xbox. So it's Gears of War 2. I haven't ever played Gears I've, of War. I've, I've never played any at Gears of War. I've been told too many times. Gears of War is an amazing franchise. And Gears of War 2 was the first game that I sat and watched my brother play online. And I learned how to play that game from watching him and watching his tactics and how he did it. It's all it, the only bit that. The story was great, the campaign was great, but this was multiplayer. This was when I was 16, before I'd met my wife, before I'd had my kids. I used to go to his house on a weekend, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we would play Gears of War 2. I would take my Xbox and I would take my TV, and we would sit in the kitchen and we would play. Five-on-five team deathmatch. And the reason this game mean so much to me is because I reconnected with my brother after a while. Um, so I spent a lot of time with my brother. Um, and then he stopped playing it and he gave me his account. Now, on his account at the time, he was ranked 400 in the world on Team Deathmatch in Gears of War. And he passed it to me and asked, you know, that every match you play, it was you receive a certain amount of points, the points go onto your total, and you can overtake people. I would go to sixth form and then go home. Like I say, didn't have didn't have a missus, didn't have anything like that. Didn't have a lot of things to do. So I'd go home, play Gears of War. I would go home and I would be five hundred in the world. And it would be my mission to not go to bed until I'm back up to four hundred in the world, if not better. The lowest I got it after playing for thirty six hours straight, I got it down to two hundred and forty seven in the world on Team Deathmatch. And then I think I literally, the Xbox, I got the ring of death. No. Lost it. So didn't have the money to replace it. Did you cry? No, I gave my brother his login back. I cried. I gave him his login back. He kept it going. But that was hours upon hours upon hours of me bashing multiplayer with friends that I met online. And those when when I was 16, it it was great. 
So that is one of the games that I love more than anything. I feel so emotional right now. I'm sorry. <laughs> that, that was that was just so deep and like meaningful. No, it, it, I never knew he had it, this it, side it to you. <laughs> it it meant something to me, you know. It it was I was carrying on my brother's legacy of his rank, and then my Xbox died. I gave him his rank back. He kept it going. I didn't have a console for about six months, and then uh, Jay got uh, me and Jay talked about getting me getting a PlayStation Four. I've got a PlayStation Four, and then I've been PlayStation all the way since. So yeah, that's that's my second game. Yeah, try 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 and follow that, Jason. Yeah, no, you're right. It's not a game I've ever played. It is. Um, it's not the type of game that I would play. One of the reasons that I tend to play PlayStation is that I prefer the type of exclusives that PlayStation tends to have stuff like God of War, like um, Tomb Raider, although that's not an exclusive anymore, is it? Um, Uncharted, you know, story-based action-adventure type games. Um, But yeah, if you're into first-person shooters and stuff like that, I think Xbox is the way to go because they've got Gears of War and they've got Halo, which are meant to be like two of the best first-person shooter games you can play. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I mean... The, the whole Gears franchise, the story is fantastic. The online multiplayer is also fantastic, which you, you don't really get a lot of. Both of them are great. You get either the story is fantastic, the online is just full of filth and scum and villainy and trolls, or you get a really shit story and a really fantastic multiplayer. But I think this had both. Yeah. And that's that's you know it it, it it was a lot of, I spent a lot of time on that game, so yeah. My third pick is a game I think you have both played quite extensively. I might be wrong. Again, I know that you have Phil. I think you have Ben. I I, I think we probably all three of us can be like this. Uh, get obsessions about certain things and. As a teenager, it was like doubly so, and you know it it would be it would be films for a while. Like for a while, I was completely obsessed with the Die Hard trilogy, and uh, TV shows. I'd I'd just download and like binge all of Only Fools and Horses for no reason. Um, you wouldn't download. No, I definitely would. You'd buy. Um, <laughs> um and this was kind of before streaming as well i think before like even iplayer was a thing um where you use limewire and you yeah. had to hope and pray what your downloading was correct yeah. <laughs> uh, but the first the first game franchise i remember being fully obsessed with was golden sun you told me we couldn't use franchises no so so my pick is golden sun one Oh, okay. Because okay. obviously yes. it's the best of the, the three Golden Sun games that have come out they're, so far. They're all amazing, but that first one is just... So it was it was a Game Boy Advance game, but the, the, the story of the RPG was brilliant. Um, and then the... So the abilities that you had uh, is called Synergy. 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 Well, I don't think it's got an E. Like, I always pronounce it Cyanergy, but I don't think it has an E in it. It's like Synergy, Synergy. It's P-Y, which yeah. would always make me think of, far, like, far or... like Yeah, yeah it's it, like... I always would call it's psych- No, P-Y. I, I would always think of, like, Psy. It's like Psychic Energy is basically what it's yeah. saying. So, But the abilities that you had, I always thought it was brilliant how you could... 
you could use them in battle, but you could also use the same abilities in the overworld to do something different. So you'd use growth in battle to damage enemies with plant attacks, but then you'd also use growth in the overworld to make a vine that you could climb up. And, and the different that... gin that you have had attached to you changed all of that. That was, that yeah. was mad. Yeah, it was such an in-depth game. It had so many permutations depending on yeah. what gin you had. It, it, it... And it just really captured my imagination. Yeah. Uh, was it the first one me and you sat and writ a walkthrough for, or was that the second it was, one? It was the second one. So so one of the things that I used to do as a teenager when I would get get like these um, hyperfixations, um, I would get fixations and I would think, and I need to make a website about this. So like I made a website about the Die Hard trilogy. I made a, a Red Dwarf website. And I think the website... Uh, in this period that I kept going the longest was Golden Sun World, which was my Golden Sun website. And um, so you helped me write a walkthrough for that, Bill. And it was like, as soon as the game came out, all the different fan sites, like there was a mad rush to be the first one to get the walkthrough out. And for a while, I think we, I, I don't think we ever actually completed it, but for a while we had the like furthest along walkthrough on the yeah. internet. Until yeah. I, I don't know what happened. We, we dropped off what right in the walkthrough for whatever reason, and we got overtook. And then you know somebody else managed to be the first one to have a complete walkthrough. But yeah, we did have like the furthest along story mode walkthrough for uh, Golden Sun: The Lost World. Also, when the second game came out, and you find yourselves playing as the villains from the first game. That that was a, a, a you know a spark of genius as well. That are they the villains or are you the villains in the first game? Well, that's that's the question <laughs> that it poses, isn't it? That yeah, that's it. And then they, in the first, you still play as the heroes, but and it's it's heroes. that classic thing of of all the best villains have to think they're doing the right thing, and so you you get to see why the villains in the first game are doing what they're doing, and by the end of that game, you team up with the heroes from the first game with all your items and data because you can transfer it across. After doing that six-page code yes. that was a bastard to do. <laughs> and, and and so you all team up and actually work against what you're trying to achieve in the first game. And yeah, it, it's, it is a masterpiece. And I sincerely hope that they either make a fourth game or I think what I would actually prefer is that they remaster, remaster the Golden Sun 1 and 2 for the Switch. Like I actually played through these a, a month or two ago just because like I was, went through all the Pokemon and I was played through all of the Pokemon again and I was like, what else did I used to play? I was like Golden Sun. Because you got me into that. You gave me your cartridge once you were done. So like, I played that uh, a few months ago and it's still just great. It is. It, it is one of those games that will never get old. I would quite happily sit down and play Golden Sun again. Yeah, and, and much like you were saying about Pokemon Yellow, um, you remember your, your trip to Scotland playing Pokemon Yellow. I bought Golden Sun in Australia, and I think spent most of a holiday in Australia with my face in a Game Boy playing Golden Sun. Like, much to my mum's annoyance after paying you know a lot of money to take me to Australia, <laughs> I was playing Golden Sun on my Game Boy for the entire time. Um, but, you know, who can blame me? Is that when I was on the trampoline trying to catch lemons? 
Yeah. Same is, that, is that where you were? <laughs> I remember bouncing. <laughs> he was on a, sat in his room. I remember bouncing on a trampoline trying to get lemons off of a tree while not get bitten by every creature in Australia. But yeah, Golden Sun is the last of my picks. Ben, what's uh, what's your final pick? The last of my picks is a game that I'm currently going through for like the fourth time. And I'm still doing it because I'm trying to do everything again. Like trying to platinum it again when I've already platinumed it. But it's on Steam, so I have to scroll through the achievements and be like, right, I need to <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's not like I can't I can't see what I haven't done because I've done it all. Um, and that is The Witcher Wild Hunt. It is a absolutely phenomenal game. It's massive. Brilliant game. We talk about The Witcher a lot, and it's I think it's because it is just such an amazing franchise that the story's amazing in it. It's one of those where you have a steel weapon and a, a silver weapon, but there's still so much customization you can do, and the, the combat's great. It is just a perfect game to me, and it really is. Like, I think it came out in 2013 and it's still one of those where it's still on the top list of people's games it's still it still holds up to today's graphics well i think that's just it's just had a, an update though hasn't it that's why it's yeah but even, even before remaster. that I, that's the reason i'm playing for it again is because it's had the remaster but even before that like this the graphics were amazing it is just an amazing game I was literally playing The Witcher 3 whilst waiting for God of War Ragnarok to come out. That is the game that I was playing to fill the gap between the game I'd platinumed and God of War uh, Ragnarok coming out. So, so Phil, you game. understand my love for this game. Yeah, yeah it's a brilliant I've, game. I've it's never played it. Game. My entire knowledge of The Witcher franchise is the two seasons of the TV show. I've never played one any of the games. I've never read the books. You, you, you would, would love the game, it. Jay. I probably would. You know, there's there's so many games that you know people tell me to that I I need to play this, I need to play that. But and I'm interested in playing it. It's just whether I will ever get around to it or not. No, it is. It, I mean, I played that game for hours and hours and hours, and I don't think I did hardly any of the main story. The best thing about this game and what I've done this playthrough, the first thing I've done is Gwent. Gwent is the best thing in that game so in the game they made their own card game for the game yeah yeah i, I think i might have put because i think they released went as a standalone thing and i think i might have played that it's shit compared to the game but you actually play in the game because i i don't know why but i always quite enjoy playing the games within games like i spent so much so long in assassin's creed games playing drafts <laughs> with random people yeah. in bars <laughs> Um, yeah, and on yeah. what we were talking about earlier, um, Horizon Forbidden West, machine machine striking that I absolutely yeah. love machine strike. I've played and beat every single person that you can. Um, I, at machine I can't strike. wait for, for Forbidden West to come on PC. I can't wait for Dungeons and Dragons inside Dungeons and Dragons. The the uh, can you the can TV you imagine? Show. The inception themselves. <laughs> you, you go into a you could go into a bar in Baldur's Gate three and play D and D with some random people at a table. <laughs> Honestly, but yeah, that that is my 
last of my top three games. They all mean summit to me in many different ways. But Witcher to me is just a perfect RPG. Apart from Roach, Roach glitches all the time still and it's fucking annoying. <laughs> the horse no, is the I worst say that's part the of horse, the game. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. You call yeah. the horse and he's stood in between a gate. And I'm like, I'm stood here and he's like, no, I don't want to go over the gate. Prick. So, so my third game, I played this as a kid. Um, I never completed it as a kid. And then it got remastered and I have played the hell out of it when it came out and that is Resident Evil 2. I've never really played any of the Resident Evils. Oh, man. That's why I, I was asking, when, when you said top three, that's why I asked for franchises. Because Resident, the Resident Evil franchise, one, me and Jay have done, got a, a YouTube speed run. We have. Of completing that game in two and a half hours. Resident Evil 2. Best Resident Evil game, in my opinion. Um, it is it is terrifying. It is jump scary. It is suspense building. And it is great. Um, the, when, I, when I was playing through it this time, it was about half ten at night. Uh, my mum was going to bed. This was when I, when I lived with my mum before I moved in with my now wife. I got my headphones on. Um, she tapped me on the shoulder, shit myself. Um, and she went, right, I'm going to bed. Like, all right, mum, all right. She's like, keep it down. I'm like, yeah, of course I will. I put, I heard the door close, and I left the headphone off my ear because just so I could hear anything outside. And it was a part, and there was, I opened a locker, and as I opened the locker, a zombie jumped out of the locker, and my mum grabbed my shoulder, and I fucking <laughs> shit myself. <laughs> I threw the pad in the air. My mother was cackling like a witch. She squealed like a little girl. I I, I thought I was going to have a heart attack. It was it, because it was like the perfect moment of the zombie jumping out, me hearing that, and getting touched on the shoulder. My mother couldn't have timed it more perfect if she'd tried. <laughs> but that game, that was... I, I played that on the PlayStation 2. I bought it off eBay for £37 when I had the PS... Uh, when I had the PS2, because I think it was a PS... No, it was a PS2 again. A PS1 game? I think it was a PS1 game, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it was like £37, because PS1 games now are expensive because of like the nostalgia. And I played it through again, and then I was like, oh, I'd, I'd love for it to, to come out on PS4. And then about three, four months later, it was rumbled that it was being remastered, remade. I had it paid and downloaded the day it came out. Started playing it. It it is just to me, it's one of the best zombie games that is like a like a thriller, if that makes sense. But it's like I've got on my PlayStation now. I've got Resident Evil Two. I've got Resident Evil Three, and I've got uh, when Resident Evil Four Remaster comes out, I'll be getting that as well because I played all those games. Those the Resident Evil franchise and Resident is my childhood in. Well, it, it's kind of like from ten to to now. I still play them. I've, What's the you know, newest one called? Village. The, guard, These, the garden uh, or something. Village. Village. I've, it, I've seen yeah. videos. It looks amazing. I think I tried to play one once, and I st- I got really confused straight away. I don't know if I skipped a tutorial or something. The the best Resident Evil games are always always have like 
puzzle a, a puzzle survival elements to it. So yeah, so you usually you know whilst trying to survive all the zombies, you're trying to work your way through a, a mansion or a building or a, a a set of buildings or a town or something. But you know you've got to find a key from there, and it's never actually a key. It's like a bit of a statue that you've got to put into this other statue that'll open a door where you'll find uh, whatever it is that you need to find to open another door that's all the way back across the other side of the map. And in one of them, it wasn't it wasn't village. It was the one before biohazard. Biohazard. Yeah, there, there was there was puzzles with shadows, so you had to like. You'd find a piece of the puzzle, put it in, but then you'd have to angle this like sculpture in a certain way, or angle the light round it so that it cast a certain shadow on the wall to then unlock the door. So it's not just horror elements. They lost their way for a bit. With was it Resident Evil Five? Five and six that started to become five and six were just like yeah, just like I run think... and gun games for for a lot of it. Yeah, f- five moved away. I think actually four. Four, five, and uh, four and five moved away from zombies, as in undead zombies. Yeah. Four and five were more bacteria that just turned them into mindless things that wanted to kill. But I, I don't mind, you know, the deviation of the enemies, but the playstyle changed, and I think they were trying, trying yes. to change with the times. Um, but I think they were worse for it. I'm glad they've got back to survival horror. Yeah, which... S- seven and eight are. And are really great yeah, games, but, which is which is why I like the Resident Evil franchise is just so good for me. Resident Evil at its best is not a game where you can just run around shooting zombies willy nilly because bullets are scarce and resources are limited. <laughs> I so yeah the 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 first time I finished the Resident Evil game, the second one. I ran out of bullets during the final boss battle for my handgun and had to kill it with a knife. <laughs> it was horrific. Is, is the DLC for Village out yet? I think it might be, but I've not... Might the be. woman I, in I, white yeah. looks really creepy. I've seen videos of that. Yes, yeah, she is. She's got a nice rack, though. <laughs> I'm, I'm <laughs> guessing most of the flesh is not even on it. No, it is. They're not. She, she's like a vampire, isn't she? Yeah, they're not specifically zombies in like seven and eight aren't zombies specifically. Um, there's werewolves in that in eight and stuff like that, and, and vampires. And it's just supernatural. It, 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 it's yeah. just yeah, it, it's turned to a survival horror game, but not a specific they do, they zombie do look apocalypse amazing, survival horror. I just think I'd need to be playing them like mid morning. Can't play them in dark, Ben. You get scared. <laughs> Have nightmares. But yeah, that 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 is my third game. So do you want to move on to honourable mentions now, just doing these fleeting? Yeah, so it was a bit harsh um, making you pick three, but I knew we'd end up talking about each one quite a lot. So um, if if you've got others that, that you were toying with for your top three, then uh, let's mention them here as honourable mentions. Based on what, what we've just been talking about with Resident Evil, for all the same reasons of the survival horror elements, I want to mention Dino Crisis. You know, it was basically a Resident Evil game, but with with, with, dinosaurs. with dinosaurs, which you know is is awesome. But had just as much suspense and just as much tension, and just as many jump scares as the Resident Evil games. And she was hot as well. 
The one with the See, red me hair. Me and Phil are very similar. We play games for a specific reason. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> if they are aesthetically pleasing, that's fine. Any more honorable mentions? I think the whole Assassin's Creed series. <laughs> I've got that. Um, Definitely apart from, a mention. Apart from Unity. Yeah. But... I still Unity, I need to go back and Unity is the only game that I've not played fully and completed fully. Yeah, I need to go back and play Unity. I've platinumed every other bad. Assassin's Creed game, but I've not even finished the story of Unity. But apparently, you know, when it first came out it was unplayable with glitches and that has apparently been fixed since in patches. So I do want to go back and uh, and fully play uh, for the story. I've also not played Valhalla yet. And it is on my to-do list. That is a, Good game. a great game. My point with the last three, they are not Assassin's Creed games. They are great games, but they're not Assassin's Creed. They're in yeah. the realm of Assassin's Creed, but they aren't. Assassin's Creed, to me, is about parkour, stealth, being an assassin, but the last three kind of aren't about that. No, because you, you can do just as well in those games, never being stealthy. Yeah. And some... How I Sometimes, play. like, in all Assassin's Creed games before those, you know, like, if you're on a ledge and you ass- jump off to assassinate someone, you kill them full out. In these, you can assassinate someone and still just take a partial amount of the health off. Yeah. For the same reason, like, what we talked about earlier, I had the Pokemon franchise, the whole entirety of it. Like, obviously, some games are better than the others. Like, I played through X and Y for the first time the other day, and... I realise that it's probably the weakest of the franchise, but like it's still there's still great games. I've never played a Pokemon game from have from 3DS onwards because I've never had a 3DS. I'm getting a Switch in a week and a half, and I am getting Legends Arceus, Sword and Shield, or well, one of Sword and Shield. I don't know which one to buy yet, and I'm getting Scarlet. So I'm getting all three uh, Switch games. I'm not getting Shining Diamond or uh, the Pearl one because they are just the same game for Switch, aren't they, essentially? Yeah, but in, in the same way that Fire, Red and Leaf Green are the same game, but they're, they're expanded on and they're enhanced. Um, I've been playing Pearl, I think it is, Shining Pearl. Um, but yeah, Legends Arceus is the game that that I always dreamed would one day get made. When you know, when you're playing Pokemon Gold on a Game Boy, but like, wouldn't it be great if this was like 3D and you were just encountering Pokemon just in the wild, and you yeah, know, it wasn't having to cut to a fight scene and yeah. cut back. And that is like, if I could go back and show like 10 year old me one game, that would be the one because that is like exactly what I've... I dreamed it could be. I feel like what you you dreamed would be Scarlet and Violet because I know there were a load of bug issues to start with that have now pretty much been fixed, but it's the gym system still there and everything yeah, is in that open world you just encounter. I don't I don't like the look of it as much, but there are a lot of things about it that just seem really gimmicky to me. I don't like the terraforms. I don't like riding around on your legendary Pokemon like it's a sodding motorbike. I just it it just looks it looks gimmicky. Like I say, it, it yeah. really doesn't interest me. I've seen lots of videos and I'm getting more and more excited for it. 
the more I see of the game, because I thought that at first, but the more I see, the more excited I am. Like a, a few Pokemon generations back, people started saying like they're losing the like imagination with the with Pokemon. Like there's one that's like a set of keys. Isn't the one that's a bag of trash, and then gets into a bigger bag of trash? Yeah, and yeah, uh, I know what they when mean. you compare that to to like Gen One to to the sort of stuff that you had, I I do think they're worse. Um, it, it, this could just be nostalgia talking. I I do think the first two gens yeah. are like the best. Um, but then when em- yeah. em- Emerald is still the best game ever. And, I have no issue with like with riding Pokemon in in Legends Arceus. You ride on the back of various different Pokemon to help you get around. But like like you would in the anime, making the Pokemon literally a bike. The Pokemon has wheels. That I don't know. Like I said, it, it doesn't just, use it them though. Doesn't <laughs> sit right. It doesn't look right. It just it doesn't it doesn't look like a Pokemon game that I particularly want to play. And I might do one day, but I'm in no rush. The Batman Arkham games. I need to mention just for how they um, how they made superhero games seem like they could be AAA titles again. Like after kind of being, I don't know, kiddie games. As fun as some of the older Spider-Man games are, Batman Arkham really made made them serious games again. Yeah, they went darker, didn't they? Yeah. Phil, any? I've got some more honorable mentions to fleet over, but Phil, my honorable mention was in my list till about forty-five minutes before we started recording, and I changed it. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn and Horizon Forbidden West. Played Zero Dawn, amazing game, amazing story. When I when I first got my PlayStation Four, Horizon was the only game I got, and I platinumed it. I was that emotionally invested in the story. Um, Red Dead Redemption 2 Amazing, as we said I think with Horizon Zero Dawn Me and Jason mentioned it a few, couple of podcasts ago Saying that Especially with Jason, he's one that will do a main mission And then do as all the side quests available And then he'll move on to the next main mission But with Horizon Zero Dawn It's one where you just want to know What's happening next And you just go from main mission to main mission To main mission because you cannot Leave yourself on the cliffhanger That it left yeah, I, I really enjoy Forbidden West and I really enjoy the gameplay and the gameplay improvements that it makes from Zero Dawn, but I did not get nearly as invested in the story. Like Zero Dawn, I was on the edge of my seat tearing up at some of the some of the revelations that you get towards the end of that game. I was like Yeah. I yeah, I was completely engrossed and enamoured and yeah, I, I I was reading every document that I found because I wanted to know all the ins and outs of this world i was listening to every little tape and things like that that you find i was everything i was just hungry for every bit of every bit of information about how this world has come to be it it was a perfect story i and i find all that bit much more interesting than um like was between different clans in this world i want to know like how this world happened um, and I want to know, like who who Aloy is, and more about her a lot more than I want to know uh, uh, about what all the different tribes are doing now. Yeah, I I I think Forbidden West was downloading the day it came out. When I think me and you put half, didn't we, and, and got it? Yeah. 
it, it, it was just one of those games, and, and I'm pretty sure I'll do it with the next one as well, if they make another. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'll play through that. I'm sure they will. It'll be a PlayStation 5 or yeah. maybe even 6 exclusive, I don't know. It's... Yeah. I had... I did know did you see that someone, I can't remember who it was now, but someone that uh, you know, knows about game development said that people don't fully appreciate how long games are in development before they are even announced. Because, you know, what happens is they're announced and a year or two later they come out. But they're in development for so long before that that if a game started its development now, it would be for PlayStation 6. Yeah. Like, like uh, you know, a big AAA game. There'll be plenty of smaller games that are developing now for PlayStation 4 and 5. But the, the big, big games, like the ones that we're talking about, like God of War and, and like Horizon, if they started it now, they would be for PlayStation 6. And yeah. they, they will have started the new God of War game before Ragnarok even released. That like The development for that will have already been in motion. Yeah. And then my last honourable mention just leads on to something else I want to quickly talk about. So if anybody else um, has got any yeah, others... I've... Uh, so I know we spoke about I got Spider-Man Miles Morales because of like just yep. that. Um, the That's two, fair. <clears throat> the two other ones that I've got for I don't think anyone's mentioned, but I know Jason. I know you've played them both in quite a lot of detail. One is the Uncharted series, um, mainly Thief's End because I feel like that just wrapped up his story so perfectly, and. All the Uncharted games are amazing. The gameplay is amazing. The story is amazing. The puzzle solving is amazing. Yep. And I know I've like I've watched you play them, Jason, a lot, and then I started playing them. Yeah, i i enjoy I enjoy the stories of them. Um, I I have issues with some of like the the platforming type stuff, where it's made to look very cinematic, like you know. Um, if you're crossing a rickety wooden bridge, then one of the beams will break just after you step off it, and it's like, oh, I, I just got over that in time. But if you actually, if you stand on it for longer, and then step off it, it'll still break just after you step off it, <laughs> and make it seem like you've just done it in time. Um, and for especially the the first couple, you, you basically like just hold forward and press jump at roughly the right time and he does the rest for you it, and it makes it look like you're doing something really amazing and spectacular and difficult and actually it's not that difficult so I can't, yeah I, because I like platforming elements in games and it dumbed it down a bit Yeah, for me. I um, think the story and like the links to like actual history and things like that in them though um, yeah. a great and then the other one I'd got which I think is just an amazing game recently replayed it LA Noir. Never played it LA Noir was great amazing. and I, I can't believe that they didn't make a make a sequel they were They were going to but apparently it got cancelled I know you've talked about LA Noir yeah. in previous podcasts as well haven't it, you? It, yeah. it is great just like the detective investigatory side of it is great Yeah, and, and you know it does feel a lot of the time like like these old film noir detective yeah. movies. Especially like the starts of each like chapter, I'd say. When it I remember when, like when I played it, um and I'd completed it and then I was watching you play it and you found different clues than I found for one of the murders and ended up arresting a different person. Yeah. 
which is crazy. Like you might not have got the right person. So who knows? So I need to mention Final Fantasy X. Oh, of course. Love it. I, I've never been big into the Final Fantasy games. I've tried to play a few and never really got hooked on them apart from ten. And ten is one that, you know, I've gone back to multiple times and I, I loved the story, I loved the the combat and just yeah, everything about it. I don't know why that one worked for me where other Final Fantasies didn't. But yeah, it's uh, to to me the the only Final Fantasy I really really managed to get on board with. I'm due to platinum that one soon, and I've also platinumed Final Fantasy twelve, which twelve was a slog, but twelve was a really good game as well. So I was talking to someone um, about this the other day. Actually, at work, we're having a conversation about Final Fantasy, and they said twelve is very similar to ten. Um, in the way it plays, but the whole gimmick between with Final Fantasy is that every game is a different style of game, which is which is obviously why Ten fell in with us so heavily, because we like that style of game. But they're all very different. Apparently, Ten wasn't originally intended to be a Final Fantasy game. Like they they started developing this game, and we were like, oh, actually, this would work as a Final Fantasy. So maybe that's why it it does feel different to the others. Yeah, yeah. I I it's, it, I started yeah. playing Ten Two, couldn't get on board with that, never finished it. Every now and again, I see a rumor that Ten Three is going to be announced, and it never has been. But I would definitely uh, jump back into that world if it if it ever was announced. I think, and, yeah, and jump, to be honest, yeah. it mine if Ten Three was going to come out, I might actually uh, finish Ten Two. Because I've got it, I've got the remastered version on the PS4, but I just I tried it on the PS2, didn't like it. So when I bought the ten ten two bundle for ten, I've never played ten two again on the PS4. I think ten two was just an attempt at nostalgia and to cling on the coattails of ten. Yeah, yeah. the but story of yeah, ten, of 10 Final was Fantasy great. ten. It, yeah, it was. It, it was the best and game. This ball's amazing. You can't beat Blitzball. Yeah, again, a, a game within a game, yeah. but it was just so yeah. fun. Okay, Phil, what was your last one? So I've just thought of one more um, on, before then. my last one. Last one. Um, I've just been playing Until Dawn and the Dark Pictures anthology games. Those games are really good with how what you do affects the ending. Yeah. And I, 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 and it was, it was never my cup of tea. That type of game, I downloaded until dawn, um, and thought I'll give it a go. Played it, loved it, and then set to download um, Man of Medan and Little Hope, and I'm going to play them two next. Um, but my final it's, one, uh, just um, on that, it's very similar to. I know we mentioned it in a previous podcast, The Witcher, um, talking about like the different endings because I think there's like six. But you can get in The Witcher like six different s- situations. Is that the parkour one? Until Dawn is it's a, it's a lot of trigger based um, actions. But if you if you miss certain triggers, your character will die. Oh, the, these, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, you can have effectively the best ending is all eight survive or none survive, or you can have four survive, three survive, depending on what you do. So, so, so there's the first... all different combinations of who out of these eight yeah. actually make it to the end game. Yeah. Um, the first time I played it, only one of them died. Um, and I didn't even try it. I'd never played it before. I didn't even know how. It just it kind of fell that way. Um, so I've, I've kind of re-went through and, and 
I'm, I'm going to go back through. I, I think I am going to try and platinum it because I think it is a game that I can platinum. Is that the one where you like there's someone trying to kill you, so you have to tell someone to wait there and you move, and then you tell them to run and you move to this? I think I've seen it kind like, of a yeah. clip of someone playing that, and it looked effectively it's it's like a when it's a Wendigo that like these, these Wendigos that are hunting you, um, and your decisions will Impact kind of. That what you choose will impact what happens effectively. Uh, but then my final one that I wanted to uh, talk about is The Last of Us 1 and yeah. 2. Brilliant game, brilliant story. Yeah, and at the end at the end of the first one it's got your like it, it has it does hit you in the feels and Yeah, no spoilers. No spoilers. The second one again I don't think I'll ever play the second one for that specific part in the second one that absolutely kills me every time. Like actual tears. Yeah. Um but the fact they've turned that into a TV series now, which is um which is aired last week it aired in the UK. Um episode two's out tomorrow. It's horrifying. Cannot wait. It's horror like cannot wait. Knowing bits of the game that are kind of integral. Well they have made massive yeah. changes too the the tv series so um there is no i think the main beats will still be hit though yeah there's no there's no pollen or what i can't remember what it's spores. called you know when they have to, spores that's it there's no spores spores aren't a thing in this world apparently yeah but but those, quick... those tendrils that come out of the nah, mouth, nah, 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 nah. that was so so fucked up obviously so oh, obviously because yeah. we're kind of moving into into it uh the tv show when did did we say when it came out last yeah, so, so so it aired last monday in the uk so we're recording this on the sunday so by the time this episode comes out there will be a second episode out we've only seen episode one but it honestly it blew me away i like so there's been so many attempts at video games to live action and sometimes they kind of work and sometimes they really don't work but i don't think any of them have ever worked as well yeah. as you know based on one episode this really yeah. is and i think that's because the the games are so narrative based yeah. anyway and they take so well to be told in that in 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 a tv show way and i yeah. think like for me the main bit like i know so first episodes i feel like sometimes they can always drag a little bit um, or feel a little bit slow because they're setting things up, which I feel like it did, but not in a bad way. Just in a, we need to set things up slow. Oh no, this this didn't drag from it. Because what what you normally no. get in these first episodes is just loads of exposition, like oh this is this this is the world now, and this is what happens, and they managed to give you the exposition without it just being someone like explaining it in a yeah. really funky way. So I really liked the, the bit of the talk show that we got right at the beginning of the episode where they were kind of saying, like, this is something that could happen because these are the, the, these fungi exist in nature and if they adapted, it could be the end of the human race. And then obviously you know that that's where it's going to go. My favourite part of, of this was that TV show to the first part, do you know, like the 20 years previous bit? Yeah. And do you not think, like, this is why I've interrupted you because I want to ask this question. That that was the best part for me, but do you not think the whole way through that interview, when he starts talking about it to all the way in the past bit, you're on the edge of your seat, like your heart's going a little bit and like you're so on edge through all of that. 
Yeah, through, through, through that entire episode, I think I was. Yeah, so I, I told my brother to watch it about half an hour before it started. I went, just so you know, there's a new TV series starting. Um, it's called Last of Us, based on a PlayStation game. Post-apocalyptic world. I think you really love it. And then, since he watched it, he's texted me so many scenes where it's got the game yeah. on the top and the TV series on the bottom, and it's like identical. And... But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to episode two where he goes into the first clicker room, gets killed 17 times, uninstalls the game, and demands a <laughs> refund. <laughs> oh no, that is the worst bit of the game. They are the worst the things in the. the yeah. Well, I think when you hear that really... sound, and I know for a fact in this TV show, we're not going to see shit, and all we're going to hear is. And it's. I think something that's really interesting about those games, and that I've always tried to explain to people that haven't played them, is that so that the zombies, although you know they're not real zombies, I've seen loads of people online being like they're not zombies. Like, all right, we'll, we'll call them zombies for the easiness. Um, the zombies are like they're the cause of the apocalypse, but they are not the interesting thing about it, and they're not they're not even the main villains of the games or of I'm I'm guessing the TV show because it's the people, the people who have survived. Um, yeah, are they're always either, dicks. They're either people who have. Um, had to be those type of people that are willing to do anything to survive. Who, you know, Joel, although, you know, he might be our main character and the hero of the series, he's not. And like I said, no spoilers, we all know what the, the things that are coming. He has to make some decisions that are, you know, objectively, he does not make the right decisions for. Yeah. For, for he's not always the, the good greater guy. good. He's not the good guy. Yeah. He he is as much of a dick as these other people, and that's how he manages to survive. They're either those people who've who've survived from the old world to the new world, or what I find really interesting about this, because of the twenty year time jump, there are a lot of people who have never known any other world. They've never known our world, and uh, so obviously Ellie is. What is she like? Fourteen in this? Six, six yeah, fifteen. So, did she fourteen, say? fifteen. So she, she, she there. was born um, a few years into this apocalypse. She, she has never known the world before, and that's something I've always really loved with the Last of Us games. You, you get her and other characters who have been born after, like whatever it is, outbreak day. I think they call it. Um, trying to. Trying to work out, like, oh, well, I bet people used to do this, or I bet people used to do that. And they never quite get it right. They can never fully understand because that's not a world they've ever lived in. They've always lived in a world where they are going to fear for their lives on an almost daily basis. But yeah, I, I am so looking for, I think, I think tomorrow's episode is only an hour. And then I think episode three is back up to 90 minutes. Yeah. Um, so I think I think probably the end of tomorrow's episode will be just after they get to like the town hall drop off place. Yeah, you know when they realise shit, we have to kind of go to California now. Yeah. Um, but I, I am I am looking I'm so looking forward to it. Do you, Do you think they'll do more than two series, or do you think they're just going to tell the story of these games and that's it? Do you think they'll carry it on and move past the games? I've, I don't know. I've... I I. 
I, I know they're already casting for Abby. Yeah. Who is from the second um, game. So if they're already casting for Abby, would make me believe that they're going to do a, se- a, 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 a... It might not even be a second season. It might just be... A, depends how long this runs for. I don't even know if... Is there a Last of Us 3 in development? Cause I they, think they there will be, be, yeah. That's why yeah. I mean, like, the games are so big, I can't see them not taking the opportunity to do a Last but of Us 3. I don't know whether what else is there left for Ellie to do now. Yeah, yeah. So I, I suppose that that is the question, or do they then go and focus it on something else? Do they focus it on Abby and the lad? It, it, it's one of them things you, you don't know, but I, I can't... I think the guy that's directing the TV series had a. Did he have input in the game, or is am I thinking of something else? Was he an executive producer in the game as well? So he. That's why it seems so real I, to game. I don't know. I know that the writer is the same writer that did Chernobyl, and Chernobyl is a fantastic series that manages to make like complex scientific principles seem uh, manageable and understandable. Yeah. Mm. Um, which is what I, you know it, it kind of doing with that with that opening scene on the talk show, but yeah, the the game especially you know the the hard hitting moments in the game I think hit so hard though because you're doing them and you know you don't have a choice but you know there are things you have to do in the game to to to, to protect yourself and to protect Ellie that like I said the they're not the right. You build such a, yeah. They're not, they're not the right things to do, but you've got to do these things, and it kind of, yeah, you 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 do feel guilty about some of the things that you're having to do, and then yeah. the second game kind of makes you face that and face that. Look, Joel is not the hero. Like he. It, but then we go, we go, we're going back to like the golden something seeing it from another person's perspective. Yeah, he may think he's the hero, but in somebody else's eyes, he's the he's the Enemy. Yeah, so I hope they manage to find a way of writing it so that so that those impactful moments are just as impactful as when you're actually doing it. Um, and I think you know that the the quality of episode one was very high, and it makes me really uh, really hopeful for the rest. Did you did you watch after the credits? There was like a um, in the coming weeks on the Last of Us little trailer. No, I didn't see no. that. So that I tried to stay away from it. Yeah. There, there are like it, it was really clever how it was put together. This trailer, in that for anyone else that doesn't know the games watching, it's just like oh, look, these are like are just really cool looking moments and new characters and stuff come in. But if you know the games, you kind of know. So there was a shot that kind of looks like the um the, the the township from the start of The Last of Us Two, which surprised me, um and. There's, there's a shot of of Joel holding a gun in what looks like a hospital, and it, there's just teasing moments like that yeah. where it's like I know what that is, and oh my god, do we know how many episodes is in this season? I'll find out for you. Because if they're doing a twenty-four episode no, season, no, no. it could. Is it going to be like an eight-part thing? I, I I think I heard nine. Yeah, nine episodes. Yeah, so they they couldn't. It, also, if they're only just casting for Abby, they wouldn't. I don't think Abby would be in it. So I think Abby would be a season two jobby. Yeah, but yeah, no, Abby's not going to be in this one. I don't. Yeah, or I, I not, not grown up Abby. Yeah, I, I'm I'm hopeful. I, I'm hopeful that it'll be a couple of seasons, maybe three, 
Um, and I don't know whether it takes off into its own world like The Walking Dead did. Yeah, maybe. As The Walking Dead, after a while, stopped with stopped kind of, didn't they overtake where the comic books were effectively? And then they kind of went, right, okay, well, we'll just take it off on our own kind of beaten track. Yeah, they, they, they diverted. So just before we go, um, normally we do recommendations. Um, instead of that, this week we will do what games we are looking forward to that are going to be coming in the next um, probably 12 months. I will start with something we've already spoke about briefly is Assassin's Creed and Assassin's Creed Mirage. I am very much looking forward to. As we've said, the last three games haven't felt like classic Assassin's Creed games and Mirage is going back to the The classic style of Assassin's Creed, which I I can't wait to dive into that kind of gameplay again and see what changes they've made to it as well. See what improvements they've made since... Like, what was the last one? It was like Unity Syndicate. Rogue. Oh, yeah, Syndicate was cool. I liked Syndicate. Yeah. Um, TBC on that one, but this year... Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to Dead Island 2. Yes. April 28th. Damn right. Can't wait. I I think set in LA as well. That is, I think that's the big thing for me. That's a big map. Yeah. I I am generally against pre ordering games. That may be a pre order. It is a a different developer this time. So the first one was developed by Techland and published by Deep Silver. Yeah. This one is Dam Buster Studios. Yeah, what else have they done? They it rings a bell. Homefront, the Revolution. That was an alright game. So it's it'd be interesting to see if it, hopefully they keep the feel, but what they have done with that. Yeah, and I think they've they've made crazier and crazier modifications that you can make to your weapons from what I've seen. So yeah. Dambuster Studios is actually a subsidiary of Deep Silver. Okay. Um, it's actually based in Nottingham, so not yeah. that far from us. So it, it is still Don't give me part of... <laughs> Can't they tell from our accent where we're from? In the description of the podcast, Ben, it says that we're from Yorkshire. One that I've been looking forward to for a while and has been delayed a couple of times is... Uh, this should have been an honourable mention, actually, because it, I love this series of games, but uh, Prince of Persia and The Sands of Time is being remastered, yes. and I can't wait. I was just thinking, are they ever going to make a new one as well? The Two Thrones was the most infuriating game I've ever known. Is that the one where water turned him back? No, yeah. it's the one where... Oh, no, that, that was Warrior what, Within, wasn't what, it? Water... Oh, the Warrior Within, sorry. Water, where water healed you if you was the uh, the guy... The opposite guy and i remember i once glitched so i was in water and i went and i died and the checkpoint was in the water but there wasn't enough time to get to another piece of water to get out of that pool of water and get to the next pool of water in time without yeah. dying like no matter how many times i tried it i could see the next well but i'd die yeah I've done stupid stuff like that before. There was a an old Tomb Raider game where I saved it and I saved it because I messed up a jump. So Jay had to spend about an hour loading this save up and trying to grab the thing. <laughs> um, he, he managed it for me, but yeah, that, that was a fun glitch that I, I messed up. So yeah, excited about that. So two that I've got, because I know you've said a few, which I'm glad for because I had such a big list. Um, 
because there's so much I'm looking forward to. But so one is coming out in four day, uh, two days time, and that is Forspoken. Um, looks amazing. It's by Luminous Productions, and it's like they were a studio that were largely responsible for Final Fantasy 15. That's the, the MMORPG one, isn't it? Yeah, but the combat of this looks amazing because it's very magic-based and the graphics of the combat look amazing. And I just, I'm excited for that. My last thing that I'm really looking forward to, because the first one was incredible, is Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Jedi Fallen Order was a great game. Um, and like the story was great, the graphics, the combat, the customization of your lightsaber was amazing. Yeah. The fact you can change the color of BD1, your little robot pal, was great. And the tra- trailer to this just looks amazing. And um, I can't remember the actor that plays Cal Kestis, he's the guy that's playing Adam Warlock. And he yeah, was also a maze runner. You know who I'm on about. Is it the guy from We're the Millers? Yes. Yeah, and it's oh, what's it? I was literally it, told. It, it, is it was in Maze Runner. He's in, he's in, yeah, he's in uh, Little Hope. He's one of the main characters in uh, Dark Anthology Little Hope that I was talking about earlier. They're making a Where the Millers too, by the way. Oh, I know. I can't wait. I'm excited. I love, I love Where the it's Millers. So it's such a funny film. It just seems like such a random thing to like. How long after that film first came out and. Yeah, I, I, it's been out for a I while. Mean, Jennifer one. Aniston stripping, it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Jedi, Jedi Survivor, look, I can't wait. March 17th. Uh, Will Poulter, that's his name. That's it, Will Poulter. Um, he said he played a bit of the game. They let him play a bit of the game, and he said it's better than the first. Yeah, it's definitely Looking one I will be playing at some point, I'm sure. Yep. Okay, so that is it for our gaming special episode. Thank you, Phil, for joining us. You're more than welcome. Thank you for having me. I, I, I th- at some point, we will definitely have you back on the podcast, either for another gaming episode or to talk about uh, the God of War series or after the Last of Us series is finished to talk about that. But uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. It really does mean a lot. If you would like to get in touch with us and tell us about what games you're looking forward to, tell us about what your top three games are, the games that mean something to you, then you can email us. We are notnpod at gmail.com or you can message us on Twitter. We are at News of the Nerd. If you've enjoyed listening, then please subscribe. Please rate us on iTunes or whatever your podcast app of choice is. And the most helpful thing you can do to help us grow would be just to tell your friends Tell anyone that you think would... Tell your mums! Tell anyone that you think would be interested in listening uh, about the podcast. That would be a fantastic help. Bye. Bye from me and bye from him and bye from other one. Bye from t'other one. Bye from t'other one that we picked off at street.
but whenever I load the podcast up, I'm really disappointed that it doesn't start off with the uh, Mock of the Week theme tune of News of the Nerd, it's... News of the Nerd. Well, I think that'd be copyright. Yeah, I think probably. But I always say that in my head. Did you know that there's after credits outtakes, Phil? Is there? I've uh... never listened to after credit outtakes. Oh my god, <laughs> you are not a fan. No, I've listened to Fake every episode, fan. but whenever whenever you're like, right, we're off by, I skip to the next one. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's after after the credits for the oh, dedicated that gives me so much to listen to in a bit. <laughs> we'll listen to all the outtakes. Oh, this is going to be in the after the credit outtakes. <laughs> Every time me and you go off on a tangent, Ben, I can see Jay slowly dying inside as he realizes he's got to edit it. <laughs> you know, I'm going to listen to this podcast, and I'm going to be, I'm not going to be in it. <laughs> That's what happens to Ben. I went for um, a game that kind of took me through. Being a young child, being a teenager, my cat's attacking my microphone. Hold up. Binks, will you fuck off? The best Pokemon game. I remember. So <laughs> there's, there's one reason that this game stuck with me. This fucking cat. One second, let me feed him. Sorry, I'm back. Okay. Go. Take two. Which part from? Uh, start from the beginning. Hello right. and welcome so... to... <laughs> <laughs> bravo, right. bravo. Hilarious, hilarious. Comedy gold. I've just followed you on Twitter. Why were you already not following? You bastard. I made the out of the episode cut. 